All right, we are finally live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Break the Rules stream. I am your host, Lev Polyakov, a.k.a. Lefpo on Twitter. We are back. We are live coming at you here with amazing guests, as always. And we have a newcomer today. And before I announce the newcomer, I just want to say be sure to subscribe if you have not done so already. I mean it. This is it. Why are you watching the stream and you haven't subscribed? Anyway, we are here with Armand Domalewski. Am I, did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, close enough. Domalewski. I always used to tell people if they couldn't pronounce it to just say Dom and then you sneeze and it's, you know pretty much it and what kind of what kind of surname is that as far as origins go it's polish my parents are immigrants from poland uh, but i was born in the u.s nice my surname may also be polish i'm not sure it's polyakov polyakov so either it's polish or it has something to do with the field like polia which may be <laughs> the origin of poland itself right like what does yeah. poland even mean doesn't it mean like field I, I think it does. You know, I really should know more about this, given my, my ancestry. But I'm sort of fake Polish anyway, because I have a French first name that my mom... No, no, we're not French at all. My mom just thought it was cool. So you, my credibility cool, here is not great. And also we have Chicano Marine joining us once again, a.k.a. King Rush on Twitter. Welcome, brother. Thank you so much for coming back in. And we have yep. Remus, Remus Ventantis. I am not pronouncing that correctly. It's but... Ventanus, like a uh, like twenty, like twenty vent. You know what I mean? Yes. Ventus, right? And yeah. and uh, both of you guys, have you ever played the? Uh, I never get to say it correctly. You know what I mean? That game, the one with the Marines. I mean, you're an actual Warhammer Marine, Chicano for... Warhammer. Yes. Yeah, Warhammer forty thousand. Yeah. Chicano Marine. Have um, you ever played a Warhammer? I have, I have not actually. I was what in the uh, Air Wing, so we didn't we didn't do much of those games. What kind? Wait, what kind of wing were you in? I was in the air wing, so I was, you know, even though I was in the Marine Corps, I was, uh, I, my job was uh, as an air crew chief. I was on helicopters. So, that, that oh, okay, that's, wow. that, that's more, that's more of like the grunt side, I assume. Like they, they kind of do that, all that stuff. There was um, a, there, there was a game my father used to love playing called uh, Thunder Strike for the. It was both for the Sega Saturn and PlayStation. I don't know if you grew up with that game or not, but that was uh, that was a fun one. But anyway, we also have Apex joining us as well with a deal with its shirt. Welcome, Apex. And uh, yeah, I guess we shall get this started as far as the main subject. Biden's in the White House now. We're going to have four years of Biden. And uh, what are some of the predictions that you guys have as far as what is going to happen with America? Are we going to go back to what people are kind of looking forward to in some way, like people are looking forward to having more of a banal, more of a banality type view of whatever's going on in politics. So people can just chill the hell out from all the back and forth that's been going on these past four years. Do you think that that's going to happen or not? So let's start it with our newcomer, Armand. Uh, and also tell us a little bit about yourself as far as you are in analytics, right? So yeah. go for it. Sure. Uh, my name's Armand Damaluski. Uh, I live in San Francisco. I work in economic analysis, data analytics, worked for private sector, nonprofits, government, things like that, worked in politics. Um, I think things will be fair. If you look at it historically, so I actually have been thinking about this a lot, is like there are some parts of our politics that seem to be reasserting themselves as being really normal. But if you look back at the last historical era, those sort of like this in the 1917s um, with the Spanish flu, right? We had this like giant epidemic 
World War One, super crazy. Um, and then when it ended, we entered into like the Roaring Twenties and eventually Great Depression, World War Two, um, which is a wildly different era from everything in the past before. And I just think it's unlikely that things will go back to sort of the normal status quo. What you saw prior to that era was like for about a hundred years, really like politics, the society, like move progress up and down, but things didn't dramatically change as quickly as they did. But following the Spanish influenza, which killed tons of people, you actually had uh, huge, huge changes in society happen very, very quickly. Um, and I think, you know, we've been packed, like we're doing this shit, right? Like we've been inside for a year. We're hopefully getting out soon, in a couple of months, who knows? But like, we've gone through all this crazy societal transformation. Like kids have been with their, you know, their lives are supposed to be shaped by like going to school and all that. And they've been inside all of this for so long. I think it's- Good, good. I'm actually happy <laughs> about that. Cause they're not gonna like, be brainwashed. I mean, they are gonna be brainwashed by maybe other things, but the school apparatus is not gonna have as strong of an effect on them through the peer pressure. Cause I think having a screen, even though I try to break through that by reaching out to different people here, I think the screen yeah. still serves as kind of like, you know, less of a psychic uh, effect than having somebody right in front of you telling you something for both good and bad. So, uh, yeah. I mean- that, well, So that's, that's why I think, it's hard, I it's hard to I, predict I, if it would be good or bad, but I think you kind of shook things up. You cut off the old system and who knows where it's going to go. Sorry, someone's asking. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, I, I don't actually know that that's true. I, I think um, the the screen, there, there are two, two sides of the coin, right? It's the, the teacher is the kind of thing where you can become more cognizant of the fact that you're being programmed because there's somebody telling mm. you, talking to you, like they're embodied, right? They're in front of you. But the screen has a sort of... Um, like uh it, it almost feels fake you know what i mean it mm. has a it has a like a pseudo reality kind of thing going on where you feel like it's not tr real and it's not true but it, it, it as a result it's sort of lulling you to sleep into thinking that it's not mm. actually affecting you you know um i think kids kids are kids you know from what i'm hearing uh kids are having a fucking rough time right now man they're they're mm. a lot of these kids they haven't seen their friends and like re like it's not good for children to lose social environment like that for such a long period of time and i i know in california it's been you guys have been locking down like crazy yeah you know i mean i think the kids are gonna be weird that's like all i'll say yeah, like exactly a lot of what i learned about like being an adult or a human socializing was like those critical years um exactly. just being around other it's kids like and then yeah i have no idea what the you know, it depends it depends a lot on what stage of your life you yeah know, my kids for example right like I, I have three kids uh my oldest kid just left to college this last year um and my daughter is a junior in high school and they were both losing their shit like mm. when we were in arizona we were in like complete lockdown we didn't go anywhere we we're just doing everything from home i was pretty much the only one who left the house to go get groceries and that's about it um and they were losing their shit they were like complaining every day sometimes my daughter would break down and like cry and like so yeah they were having a hard time but then I have a, a son who's 12 um with autism he could not care less he was lo he loves <laughs> is he is he one of the people up. in the chat right that's, now is he in the chat <laughs> <laughs> no he's not that's but a special power man waking up he loves waking up getting ready getting on his computer 
going to class. Mm-hmm. He was actually kind of struggling in the a little bit when uh, when he was going because he goes to a school for children with autism, mm-hmm. and um, which was way better than because before he was in public school and that was horrible. We found a school yeah. for him, so then he went there and he was doing pretty good. But then when he started going to school from home, uh, for example, he was struggling with math. Uh, he was like doing fourth grade math, and he's a seventh grader. Um, last at the end of last semester, his teacher's like, "Did you guys get him a tutor?" I'm like, "No, we didn't do anything." He's like, "Well, he caught up in math, and he's actually doing eighth grade math now." And I was like, "What the hell?" He's like, "What have you been doing?" He's like, oh, "I don't know. I just read it." Like mm. he just does it. Like for him, it didn't matter. Not only that, he's you know he's doing great <laughs> going to school from home. But my son and my daughter, like they can't handle it. They're, they, mm. you know, my my son when he finally left, because um, he's at the he's at the dorms now at school, uh, and they're which is a little rough because you know Arizona we're kind of screwed with the uh, COVID. Um, yeah. We have the highest rate of infection right now, in the, like in the world, I think per capita. Um, but um, so he has he has like two classes that he has to take online, and then he has two classes that he actually goes to, um, and. Yeah, he was just happy to get out of the house. So I think it depends. And I think you're right. Like, it depends on the person. If you're like my son, if he, you know, he has autism, he doesn't care for socializing with other people. You know, he's fine. It, but my exactly. It's who, like the perfect you know, adaptation. It's the perfect yeah, adaptation so, for this. Yeah. And it's well, we funny a- because, like, during the middle yep. of it, I told him, like, hey, go check on your, go check on your brother. Like, he's losing his shit. And he's like, ah, that's not my, he's like, that's, that's your job to take care of. Uh. He's like, my job is to just, Go to my room and do my school. <laughs> it was like, all right. Hmm. Well, different. Yeah, to- fr- <laughs> friends different who, I have, who have Asperger's, I actually like one thing I do appreciate about them is because they're not lear- like as programmed by like social norms as the rest of us are, they'll just tell you stuff really honestly. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, that's your job, dad. <laughs> like, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that <laughs> you have to do less guesswork. Just well, uh, they're completely, they're completely literal. Like, anything they tell you is exactly what they mean. They're, they're, they're not going to. Uh, Sugarcoat anything. Well, exactly. that's uh, that's actually a good thing that you brought up, not sugarcoating anything, because I think one of the dynamics that's been going on, this kind of brings us back to Joe Biden for a long time with, uh, you know, with the dominant class, be it uh, mm. the Republicans or the Democrats, if we're talking about more of the mainstream, is that I think that there has been this need to sugarcoat and to appeal to, let's say, much more, let's say, uh, if we're talking about the Democrats right now, because uh, they're in the presidency and uh, the Senate, there has been much more of a need to appeal to the further left elements, but at the same time, not really delivering that much other than optic-wise when you actually get into that position. And it's been going on for a pretty long time, which leads me to believe that um, unless there are other things we can take a look at that would show a slow kind of dismemberment of the American uh, way of life through all kinds of different laws that were passed or, you know, anything of that nature. If we could forget that for a second and just focus on, okay, you're in charge. People who, let's say, are more on the, uh, you know, more on this questioning side of Twitter when it comes to this stuff, they would say that, okay, they're going to get the gulags ready now for all the Trump supporters. But then my way of looking at it to play devil's advocate here is that, Maybe this whole thing has been them kind of uh, creating, you know, creating an environment where the left, like the, let's say, the more extreme left, feels placated 
through using nice language that appeals to them, while at the same time the most important thing for them, as well as for, let's say, more of the mainstream Republicans, is just to maintain order. Regardless of whatever happens, just maintain order, make sure nothing goes too crazy. And if I were in that position, like, I don't know if I would do anything differently without knowing, again, all these other laws and trade deals and things of that nature that have been passed. I could say, like, okay, I mean, shit, like, maybe this is exactly what needed to be done to maintain this kind of order so people don't go crazy. But, uh, Chicano Marina, what do you think? I mean, I would argue that, uh, yeah, like, you have a point. Um, as far as the left goes, but I would argue that I would never say that the conservatives are there to maintain order after what happened at the Capitol building. Like, well, to be, to be clear, to be clear, right now, just for the sake of this conversation, I'm talking about the mainstream neocon, whatever you want to call them, you know, like yeah, I, the I, uh, I, Koch brothers. Those are, but, yeah. yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I, I, and I understand, like I said, where you're coming from and, and there's truth to it. Um, but what I believe is, I don't think, like you were talking about, like what's going to happen. I, th I think it's going to be boring. Like I think politics are going to be boring. I think, um, you know, the right left's going to do what they do. Democrats are going to, you know, say that they're going to try to do all these big things, um, and then most of them aren't going to happen because the Republicans are going to, you know, make sure that it doesn't. That that's what Republicans are. Good. That's what Mitch McConnell is fucking great at. Like, you can love or hate Mitch McConnell. I fucking hate him. But he's great. He's a great politician. He knows how to get things done, whether he's in power or not. When he when he was the minority, he was able to hold up all sorts of things that, you know, the Obama administration wanted to do um, just because he knows how to play the game. So I, I think it's going to be the same thing even now when they're trying to you know work out how are we going to split power now that it's 50 50 in the Senate. Yeah, it's 50 50. But Democrats have the majority because we have, you know, the House and the vice presidency. So what's going on is there you know he's telling them that hey this is how we're going to share power and you can't get rid of the filibuster because oh that that would be horrible for you to do that even though when he was in power he didn't give a shit so i think it's going to go back to the thing where you know republicans are going to be obstructionist and democrats are going to try to pass things that republicans don't like and it, like i said it's going to be boring and i like that like i hope it's boring again well, that that is a very uh, a very interesting take that now I would want to contrast with. Uh, well, Hero's just joined us right now, and I think Hero, you may have a you may have something to say about that. Uh, so uh, let us hear what you have to say, if you've heard the conversation so far. That is, uh, I'm not fully caught up because there's a jump in between where the stream is and where I where I gotcha. jumped on. What well, was the last okay, thing well, you're saying? So I was basically talking about how, when it comes to this idea of going back to this uh, blandness and this, you know, business as usual thing uh, that uh, Chicano Marine agrees that this may be what's going to happen. And as far as the frustration that people who are uh, more on a Trump side or more, let's say, uh, populist type people who are not so much the neoconservatives nor the uh, Democrats, that uh, there is a demoralization that they felt and there are issues that have not been addressed that they were uh, bringing forward. So this is pretty much like if you can express what those uh, issues would be just so everybody kind of understands that okay this is still this is the thorn in the lion's paw right now where do i even begin with that it's uh 
we're entering into a very interesting time. I think uh, spectacle-wise, we've had the media just you know hype up every single thing. A, a, a mustache hair twitches on Trump's face. The media loses their fucking shit. Um, so like we've had that for four years. And, you know, whatever, like, you're pro something, you're against something, whatever it is, like, you know, it, it was just explosive and, like, dramatic and extreme. Um, now that Biden's in charge, on that end, on the spectacle end, things are going to be extremely boring. The news is just going to be, you know, covering for whatever he does, just doing their mainstream neolib shit. It's, it's going to be that. Um, where I think the interesting thing comes in is where both the um, the socialist left, or maybe you want to say the progressive left, and the uh, the new nationalist right, where that is, I think that's where the most interesting things are going to happen in the next few years. And I think that's likely going to be done kind of in the background. Uh, you'll see when those get really hot, those will pop up on the news, and the the anchors are going to act all outrage and they're going to be you know jumping over each other to disavow x y and z and all this stuff and yada yada i don't really care about that um but i think in a on a on a cultural sense and i on a um and on that end we're going to see things get really like that's where things are going to be really interesting um we've we've seen now with with this whole um i'm not going to say things that are going to get you in trouble how do i put this um (laughs) Yes. Uh, well, shenanigans there... with the shenanigans the party. going on. Uh... The party, see? Huh? Yeah. Sorry? The party, the big old party. Well, it, that's the lemon, I mean, the lemon the, party. I mean, it's a it's a lemon party. Lemon party. Yeah, lemon go. party. Exactly. So, yeah, guys, yeah, sh- shenanigans. We have, re- real quick, real quick, before we get into that, real uh-huh. quick, we are also running this thing on D Live. D Live dot com slash break the rules. So I'm gonna send everybody a link. Guys, subscribe to us on D Live right now, because I don't know what's going to happen, but we need to make sure that we expand to all kinds of different networks. So I'm gonna post the link right now. Subscribe to it right now, and also send a super chats we need the super chats to survive so anyway um very good Um, yes sorry just to wrap it up i think um i I think uh those other ends is where things are going to be interesting i think we we've seen that the uh that through these shenanigans with this party thing that you you were talking about i think we we've seen more and more that the the republicans and the democrats that are elected into office are very much uh virtually a, a uniparty they're basically the same thing they're advocating for di- their differences are very minimal you get neoconservatism versus neoliberalism and they've both said you know there's no there's not a lot of room for the for these more uh working class some would say socialist type politics in, in either of these parties i think we're, we're seeing that more and more um <laughs> you see bernie there kind of relegated to sitting there with his mittens and his hands folded um, and you have the the demonization of the entirety of of Trump's voter base. Um, and honestly, I think this is a good thing. I think it's a really, really, really good thing that the nationalists and the populists on the right are being expelled from the uh, from the from the Republican Party and from their stuff. I, I want them to be expelled from that. And I want to see more of a working class block. Uh, rise up and demand that the government uh, do something to represent them. And I want it to be a serious demand. I want it to be, you know, w- with some force in there. So that that's more what I'm looking forward to. Mm. We are going to see neoliberal policies degrade um, people's social lives in the ways that we've been seeing them for, for decades so far. It's going to be back to business as usual on that end. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the newly awakened 
nationalist and working class bloc does on a social level that gets people starting to look more towards that direction. That's where I'm excited. Before before we continue this, I just want to say that Conscious Moss, aka Nala, has sent us twenty dollars USD, yeah. and she says, "My friends, well, my friend you. Conscious Moss, thank you so much for sending it to us." And she's going to be on the show a little bit later. But that is, whew, that is amazing. That is what I'm talking yeah. about. That is the dedication. But I want to, uh, I want to hear from everybody about this. But uh, I especially want to hear from uh, uh, from Armand because uh, you are the uh, newcomer here, and uh, <laughs> just let us let us know what you think about what uh, what Hero said about there being this uh, growing sentiment of uh, wanting to be more uh, nationalism along with helping out the working class that both parties did not really uh, address, as uh, as Hero says. Well, first of all, I just want to say um, clearly, Heroes. I'm fascinated by this chat. I know you told me not to focus too much on it, but apparently, I think Hero's like a, a hero to the people in the chat. Because like before you even got yeah. here, people were like, Hero's gonna... I was like, I, shit. I'm you a bit of a regular. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Okay. Just well, hero alchemy, okay? Yeah. Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, and by Don't the way, she sent us five US dollars, Conscious Moss, once again, knocking it out of the park, who says, wow. Hero Chat wants to know what flavor of ice lolly is, please. So what is this lollipop that uh that, oh, that your character's eating? Oh, the Urushi's eating. It's uh it's blue, and I think the traditionally blue ice cream flavor in Japan is I think it's like a sea salt flavor. I'm pretty sure. Mm, interesting. That sounds really gross. It's no, not bad. I've had it before. It's it's actually it's actually kind of good. You yeah. can use you yeah, can I gotta, use I gotta try it. I gotta try it. You can use butterfly I, I, butter, butterfly pea. By the way, just a quick aside: if you buy butterfly what? pea flowers, you can. Oh use yeah, these yeah. Yeah, you can use these flowers oh. to turn anything blue, and it's also a good nootropic. I got some from Grimm's Apothecary. I'm not sure why the site is down right now. Grimm, if you're listening to this or if anybody knows Grimm, have him, have him contact me because there could be some sponsorship possibilities here. Anyway, Armand, <laughs> let, let's go for it. I was going to say, I thought this was about to pivot to like a and use a coupon code. Dude, such soon! A coupon code soon! Yeah. I'm going to soon! <laughs> We're soon going to have sponsorship. Absolutely. Um. Okay, so what, like, while I am a, you know, I was like a Bernie Sanders progressive, yeah. I have like March with Black Lives Matter, like, I, I think it's far too far to say that like the both parties or centrist establishment is identical, like, just having Biden elected and specifically flipping Georgia, like, there was not going to be another stimulus package. And now there's one proposed for $1.9 trillion. Um, today, Biden signed an executive order that makes 12 million more families eligible fruit stamps. Like, I don't think any of these things are fundamentally changing political system, but like as somebody who grew up on food stamps, as somebody whose family was really, you know, we were refugees and they're about to sign an executive order increasing refugee cap, like that makes a real difference in people's lives. I think it's too far to say, oh, nothing will change. Liz Cheney and Biden are the same. Like, no, like stuff did change because we won Georgia. That being said, I think the progressive left is going to have to have like a real fight on its hands about whether do we want to work within the administration and influence stuff or is it going to more look like more like what happened in Portland, which is they like trashed an ICE office and so on. And I think, you know, it's a tough choice in some ways like Biden has um, shown that he's kind of ignoring the left in some ways he's trying to open to him. And so is change possible within the system or not is going to be a big thing for the left. On the right side, I'm really fascinated to see like what the hell do you do when like your icon, like this movement was really grew because of Trump. 
exploded because of Trump. And then Trump just like totally hung him to out to dry. Mm-hmm. And like this, the QAnon conspiracy became like a really big thing. And then finally it was like, you know, till the last minute people were like waiting and it's like, oh, it didn't happen. Um, I've never seen oh, like in my you life history. the plan, dude. Oh my God, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I honestly don't know. I've never seen in my life, like, a political, like, movement that built itself around... It was actually kind of bold of them, right? Because they're like, no other party I've seen is like, if this thing happens at exactly this day, we'll be right. And then it didn't, and they had to do the the next thing, right? Like, the the last wasn't like, I promise you at 11 o'clock when you do a weird dance... Bernie will be king and you will have health care. Because, like, if that didn't happen, you lose your credibility. But, like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people on the right arguing, establishment trying to reassert itself through folks like Liz Cheney and McConnell. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, Fox News is going back to doing segments. I'm like, well, you know, Biden's, <laughs> like, tie is weird or whatever. They're, like, going back to Obama That's era where it's, nuts. like, yeah, it's just, like, stupid scandals nobody shoot. cares about. Um, yeah. And so like, I actually, I, I don't, I have a much clearer idea of what the left is going to do. Like, they're going to fight about, like, should we do activism and push them? Should we, like, yeah. try to negotiate? But the right, it, it, I have no idea. And that's the thing. I think you have a better vision of what, what you know, attitudes are going on on the left more, you know, more than I would. So I, I wouldn't, I'm just kind of taking a stab at the dark at what might happen. I'm, I'm obviously yeah. being self-interested. I'm much more interested in what's happening on the right side <laughs> of things. But I'm curious where that's going to overlap. Uh, Remus, you were saying something? Yeah, I, I wanted to say that's basically what I was going to say. Is that it feels like we're going to do just Obama again, you know? What I mean? yeah, right. Uh, perhaps, um, uh, but you know, everybody thinks Biden's not going to make it through the four years. <laughs> I think that's highly possible. Um, we, th- that's the only way that you would really see a shakeup, and it really would depend mm-hmm. on how that would happen, in my opinion. But otherwise, it just feels like it's kind of going to be. What I mean by doing Obama again is I don't mean he's literally going to be the same president as Obama. I mean, the um, the the vision of the zeitgeist is designed in the same way that Obama's was, mm-hmm. which is like forward looking hope. We're going to rebuild. We're going to fucking hashtag build back better. All that bullshit. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the way that it's presented. Right. Already. This guy's getting fucking, like there. They could not be fellating this man more you know what i mean he he could not be getting a more route like he's basically being billed as a mixture of uh like luke skywalker and yoda you know what i mean like he's he's both he's he's the savior and the sage at the same time he's and, and but, Kamala is like also, you know, the Virgin Mary, like perfection. But, but I don't, I honestly they, don't think that insiders take it that seriously. I really think that this is just bread what, and circus of course, slop of course, that's yeah. given, of course, that's given out. You know what? what the, like, say, I don't think. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, what I was about to say is the policy or the, the language of politics is euphemism and, and, and smoke. Like, it doesn't, it's not real. None of it is real. It's yeah. designed to to show a, a like you know if you if you go and look back at, at you know the, the beginning of the Roman shift from republic to empire. Augustus, for example, he was obsessed with making sure that everybody knew what his face looked like and making sure that they knew that he was this beautiful, pure, young-looking man. Even into his seventies, the same mm. image is being portrayed of this beautiful, perfect young man. Everyone knows he's old, but they never see him. And that was on purpose. 
He was designed to be mysterious. He's designed to sort of stay away from the, the uh, from people's actual eyes. And this is a different strategy, obviously, but it's the same idea here. He's he's projecting an image that isn't true, and he knows it's not true. But it, the point is to solidify his legacy later. Uh, Augustus looks like the greatest emperor because he specifically designed it to look that way. So this is a similar idea that. Listen, the political class has learned over the over the years that this 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 process is being refined like anything else. They're figuring out how to better better uh, uh, sort of portray it. But the problem is, is that they're not seeing that it's people are becoming really disillusioned. It's ultimately becoming hollow. People are realizing that this is fucking bullshit in a, in in record numbers. It seems like, and yes, some of them are going full Q, and that's you know that's that it is what it is. Uh, some people are just going to go kind of crazy. And um, eventually, maybe they'll like rehab out or like kind of figure out what's going on. There's people I know people who have gone down conspiracy rabbit holes and, and, and sort of like come out and been like, man, that was that was pretty stupid. And just like continue living their lives. Q is interesting because it's real, but it's not real at the same time. And it's, it's the not disillusionment that is not going to go away. It, no, it's real in that Jeffrey Epstein for sure existed and did all the things uh, that he did, and he's intrinsically linked to your government, and he always will be. And there's nothing that you can say that will change that, and there's nothing that you can do that will change that. And the fact that he was covered and 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 made to be a non-issue by intelligence agencies is not, there's nothing you can do about it. It is a reality, and there's no way to brush it under the rug because everyone who looks knows. So that's a thing. That's real. But, that's but let's but let's take a step back. But but let's like take a step well, back over here. Can I just quickly say sure. uh, that anything? Whenever Remus talks about like Roman emperors and everything, like because of his icon, I'm like I I trust you totally. Like you you seem like you would know. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> I'm also literally reading a book on Rome right now. So it's nice. it, that was it was fresh in my Beast. mind. That's, What's the book? That's why I brought it up. Uh, SPQR by uh, by Mary Beard, which nice. is it's very interesting because the whole point is it's like it's sort of. Uh, I don't know how like paused it is because I'm not uh, super well, you know, uh, up on my on my Roman history. I'm not a Roman historian. I don't know exactly what the what the debates are in the in the in the minutia. But she she tries to as much as she can give a broad understanding of you know history as it was known for a long time, and then you know what archaeological evidence actually shows. And and those two things are are not necessarily the same. They 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 conflict in a lot of ways. But the ways in which they conflict, conflict is very telling and interesting. Um, but this is what I mean. Often, what's not said, uh, what, what isn't shown, is more indicative of, of what's really going on. And I think here, to, to, to sort of circle back, I think here um, we're seeing an, an empire desperately, desperately attempting to show that everything's fine, we're good. We got everything under control. Don't worry. Um, uh, we're trying gonna, so hard it know. looks phony. Exactly. Mom and Daddy's here. It's wait, day wait, three. Like, it's day yeah. three. I, I, I don't know. No, but we're, we're, not, we're not just talking about day three. We're talking about the whole package, which I would want to no, analyze and, and a little bit more. And that's where I'm going to. And that's where I'm going to, though. Like, so, because I, I see a lot of people saying that, like, oh, like, you guys are analyzing Biden. Like, all these people came out. Most people didn't come out and vote for Biden. Eighty, you know, two million people didn't come out and vote for Biden. A lot of those people came out and voted against Trump. They voted against so Trump. It's not, it, it's not exactly. So this is not a situation no, no, where everybody's idolizing Biden. 
Like, I don't think right the people. Now, I'm just are. happy it's, that there's an adult in charge. That's pretty much. Yeah, I get <laughs> it. But, 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 but let's a, keep in mind what we're talking about. Class idea. Well, yeah, the managerial. Like yeah, exactly, that's about their Biden, thing. He's but I actually want to defend. I actually want to defend the managerial class here for a second, because I know that they get a lot of slack. And until we get somebody from the managerial class to sit with us right here, like you guys are doing now, which I really appreciate in the Zoom call, until that happens, I'm gonna have to defend them. So here's how I'm going to defend them. We're talking about Epstein. We're talking about you know all these secret pedophile societies, yada yada yada. When has that not been the case? That's what I'm curious about. Has there ever been a golden age in the history of empires, no. in the history of any civilization of the kind that we have, when, number one, that has not been the case, and, number two, there has not been this illusion that's been presented in the eyes of people as far as, you know, what they want you to think while really what's going on, like I said before, could either be one of two... One of three things, let's say, okay? So, or, okay, let's keep I mean, it the two. Romans can two. probably tell you that the, the Romans also really loved boys. Oh, yeah. So. The Greeks, yeah, right. absolutely. So this is nothing <laughs> yeah. new under the sun over here. But when we're well, talking actually, about... I actually, yeah. on the... Yeah. I, I, sorry, am I supposed to... I don't know how the format is. Should I wait, no, or? you can say whatever you want. <laughs> free for all yeah, Friday. Go for it. All right, yeah. So, so uh, what you said about the illusion, I think, actually speaks to something that uh, is really interesting, is that people really want the illusion. Because, like, Ep think about Epstein is like, that wasn't secret, like, right? Like, for a long time, everyone knew exactly. it wasn't hidden. Yep. It was, like, the yeah. fucking obvious no, thing. No, no, but they didn't do but, big reports on it. No, sure, but, it but like... Poor, but, it was a poorly kept secret. Right, like, and then QAnon is like, no, it's not good enough that we have this obvious proof of a real, like, pedophile exactly. There needs mm -hmm. to be this much more badass, crazy one that's satanic and has weird rituals and, like, like people are so hungry for the illusion that even when the obvious reality of really bad things is in front of them, like it's not just that they want the illusion of like let's say Biden is a, you know more amazing than they think they is. They also want like what's evil to be a lot more interesting and spectacular. Mm -hmm. When it's like a lot of it's just like I don't know. Like well, that's where you it, get you know like the the, uh, the fascism well, and communism stuff. You know, like there isn't a single communist. There isn't a single communist in American government. And Donald Trump was not anywhere close to a fascist. He was probably the weakest president in the last century. Fortunately. Besides maybe Ford. And like, but but you see each side have to like build up their enemy into this kind of spectacular specter almost. Mm -hmm. um, to avoid oh, man, but, like my homie Ford could bench, all right? Don't talk shit. <laughs> and, and according to the Simpsons, he liked, uh, he liked nachos. And I don't remember what else. But that was, that was a good Simpsons episode. I don't mean to simp for the Simpsons. I know they're going through a tough time these past, uh, these past years. But um, still, even if we have this situation that everybody kind of agree, like, yes, there's this stuff going on in the background. They don't really like to display it. But at the same time, what are they necessarily maybe saving us from while also being corrupt to a certain extent that's understandable of any you know big civilization like for me it would be something like communism something like uh actual you know actual fascism with a capital f and i'm not saying that they're doing a good job of it and i'm not saying that this is the only thing that they're thinking about but it is kind of on the elite to you know keep things steady my thing has always been this, the, the dissatisfaction that people have felt both on the left and the right 
as far as the lowering standards of the quality of life in the United States, you know, from the 60s onwards to now. Either this happened because of just technology progressing and, you know, there's nothing we can do, shit happens, job move, over, move overseas because it's cheaper there. Or the other way of looking at it, which I think is the thing that a lot of Trump supporters uh, embraced, uh, has has been that there were all these horrible trade deals that were passed and NAFTA and all these other things that have slowly sucked the life out of the United States and given it to these multinationals where it's not so much a matter of technology advancing, but specific acts and specific deals that can be analyzed and looked at uh, that can, uh, you know, that we can actually discuss. Right now, I have not looked at those deals. So I don't know which one of these uh, sides is correct, but this is why I want to open this to the panel, just so we can actually get more to the bottom of, you know, like, forget all these pedophile, yada, yada, yada. Like, let's actually concentrate yeah. on what are the things that are making people, you know, uh, you know, be so demoralized in this country right now when it comes to actual economic prosperity being much less so than it was, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Well, I think people are poor, part... and also there are pedophile demon goblins. You know what sure. I'm saying? It's like both. <laughs> a big it's part like of on them. top of it. Go on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so um, whenever we talk about the economy and people losing all these jobs, right, everything going overseas, I still always remember um, when I was at ASU taking uh, economics and my and my teacher, my professor back then, it was 2001. And he was saying, everybody is outsourcing work. You can only do that so much. And, I, and he basically predicted that this was gonna happen. He's like, so what's gonna happen is everybody's gonna, everybody wants America to buy things, but nobody wants to make things in America anymore. Yep. So how are you going to buy things if you don't have a job making things? And this has been people, econ economists have known that this is gonna happen since like 20, 30 years ago, they knew this was going to happen yep. because everybody started going and, you know, getting, everything's made in China, everything's made in Thailand, everything's made in Mexico. Um, so where you used to be able to buy a house and a car and, you know, have a good life with a little, you know, with a factory job back in the 60s, 70s, even, you know, to a point in the 80s, all those jobs are gone. But, it, it, and this was both parties. So this isn't something mm -hmm. that you can blame on, the rich, it's not something you can just blame on like, you know, Clinton or Bush. Everybody was complicit with this. So exactly. um, yeah, there, there's this huge gap in between what we knew we should do and what we actually did. Like we knew we should have tried to curve this 30 years ago and, and now it's too late. Like, what are you gonna do now? You, are you gonna pay, you know, $50 for a fucking, you know, toy that was made in China two weeks ago? Like you can't do that anymore. So. But there are certain um, uh, certain know. obvious things, like, for example, corn subsidies. We have all these corn subsidies. We have all this shit in our supermarket that aren't actually, you know, they're empty calories. People don't need to buy this stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't give you anything to your body that actually helps it, you know, other than maybe just eating, like, some polenta here and there. So Ooh. this is a gross example of something that can be handled and can be overcome and something that will save a lot of money. So I'm just, I just want to point out yeah. What are these big things that we can look at that everybody can get uh, can get um, together on? But I want to um, I want to go to uh, what uh, Armand talked about earlier, and this I think is the big difference between the let's say the uh, 
right and left side as far as priorities go. Because uh, I am an immigrant too. I came here from uh, St. Petersburg, Russia. And, uh, you know, I came here uh, legally through the, uh, through the right process, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, I love this country. I want to contribute as much as, I, as much as I can to this country. And I'm grateful for America taking me in. Now, when it comes to the immigration situation, if we were to say, like, uh, you know, just, you know, like a parody, let's say everybody could come in totally open borders and everybody's going to have universal basic income. Now, at a certain point, one billion so, Americans. Yeah, like at a certain point, something's not adding up here. And this, I think, is the argument that a lot of people on the right have for a lot of the uh, Bernie supporters as far as, wow. you know, like you guys seem to want to do both. But how exactly would this be maintained? I mean, some elements of the right are kind of like, you know, that that's like their main focus. My my issue with that is more about, you know, one, not to mention we're in, we're in a pandemic. Pandemic aside, you know what happens to the the jobs Americans need, right? Like even if they're they're low paying, they're whatever, they're giving these jobs to people who are coming from overseas or across the border. And honestly, I might lose some of my nationalist cred on this, but I'm much less concerned about the ones coming across the border because they're taking agricultural jobs, which most Americans don't want to take. I think they should want to take them. But they don't. So, okay. But that aside, we're still giving tons of visas to all these people who are coming from the East and they're taking high paying jobs they're taking tech jobs. They're taking, uh, you know, uh, um, engineering and, and industrial jobs like that's that's horrifically damaging to the Americans that are already here. And it, I mean, that that's the big thing that I'm worried about. It's it's not so much. Oh, well, we got all these people in and we're going to give them, you know, universal basic income. I'm, I'm more worried about you know, the the pool of, of, of labor and the ability for, you know, American citizens to unionize and the Americans that are already here. Um, I'm more worried about that than than anything else that the right has to, you know, the, the other sides of the right have to complain about in, in, in that regard. That's like not how economies work, right? It's not just like there's a lump of labor and jobs out there. And then if like a baby is born and it grows up, it takes that job, right? Like by that well, it, definition- It's at the rate, should... right? It's at the rate. Well, no, it's like there are complicated questions on immigration, like infrastructure. If you said everybody can come tomorrow and there's a universal basic income, like that would probably not work very well at yeah. the same time. But nonetheless, like immigrant, like people come overwhelmingly, right? Overwhelmingly, the consensus in economics, the data, the studies like show that immigration produces more jobs right because when immigrants no. come here they have jobs I, they buy no. things they... incorrect yeah absolutely no no, no literally the only study the opposite of that is the borjas study and borjas has been widely discredited yeah, but what about like real life in the data like real, real life, life. Like, real so up, when immigrants oh, come here they get a job time, right time, they spend time, that time. money <laughs> like, time time all right Okay. A vast majority of the one. Top Fortune 100 CEOs, like a huge chunk of them, okay. are foreign okay. born and created new okay. jobs. Like, so here's the thing. So I do economics research on Wall Street. That is my job. And one of the problems with one is that a lot of the economic studies, economics as a field is, I will I will call, say it was a waste of a degree. Most of economics <laughs> is pseudo intellectual bullshit. Um, but the the problem is that you can't necessarily extrapolate that oh it's a it will always be good or it will always be bad you know sometimes immigration will lead to new jobs and sometimes it won't 
And sometimes the gains from those new jobs will be distributed widely. And sometimes the gains will be concentrated amongst a very small group of people. So, you know, if we're just increasing profit margins from decreasing the cost of labor and those profit margins just flow up to who, to the small group of people at the top, then even if it creates more jobs, it might not necessarily be a net positive. But so I the, think it, it my is issue... fair, fair to say that like larger pools of labor, while they do overall econ increase economic growth, can reduce the like the negotiating power of those individual laborers. The other right? point, of course, yeah. is that there are other considerations beyond just just the the direct correlation between immigration and uh, and the economic growth. It is that at times, and and we also know this is true that immigration can impact the social fabric to the point where declines in trust etc can negatively impact economic growth as well so there's a lot of there's you know and then of course one one would sit there and go is economic growth the only thing that matters blah yeah, blah, blah. Exactly. Like, do G jfk's gdp measures everything that doesn't matter in life you know so there's there's a lot of concerns um and i say this as someone who it's kind of politically homeless right now. I was identified the left for a very long time and just couldn't deal with it anymore. So don't really know what I am now, um, in case you're wondering where I'm coming from on this. But, you know, it, it ah, there's, there's a part of me that remains deeply skeptical of most economic studies, just from what I've seen in my own field of work. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm going to start rambling, so I'm just going to stop. Well, I would love to um, have a reply from uh, Armand, if possible. Sure. Um, I mean, on the social trust thing, there's this argument that, like, well, we should, like, increase immigration restrictions so that people have more trust. Or, But if you actually look at, like, the vast swath of history, studies, and so on, like, how much people do or distrust um like society isn't really tied to the number of immigrants because people don't have a good sense of like how many immigrants there are. There have been times in the United States when we have way more immigrants than people thought there were fewer. And also times in the United States when we had way less immigrants than people thought there were more. It has a lot more to do with like how the media portrays it. So like the places in the United States that are most scared of immigrants it also are places has to... like in Iowa where there's like no immigrants. Like, well, it also and has so, to... yeah. But, but it also has to do with how people are, are experiencing the immigration that is actually there. Yeah, they might think it's more, they might think it's less. But, you know, what, is it, what does it say when all of a sudden your advertisements are in a different language? What does it say when all of a sudden your flashing roadwork signs are flashing in a different language? What does it say sure. when the people next to you don't speak the same language as you? What does it say when the people standing behind you in the bank are, are whispering to each other in another language and you can't tell if they're looking at you shadily or not? Like there, there's a huge, you know, social trust issue on that. And it's not like a antagonistic thing necessarily. It's a, well, I'm having, I'm having trouble relating to these people. I'm having trouble understanding these people that also degrades social trust. It's true. And there's actually, I remember reading. It, a, it makes, it, it doesn't so make things, yeah. you know, it makes things uh, tense. Right. And like a, a lot yeah. of tension is not particularly good, especially if you've got something as fragile as a democracy. 
Like you don't want like a lot of social tension. So maybe the solution is to lower things down or put a halt on but, it but temporarily. The, but there is, there is also another aspect here, which is if we're talking about immigrants from different cultures, there are, let's say, certain, uh, let's say, economic thresholds that people end up getting to, whether it's India or whether it's uh, Iran. Wait, this isn't you know, an economic... Like this isn't an economic no, no, argument, no, 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 it's not. But it, the reason why I'm mentioning it is there is this guy I know who's from Iran. He's very different from some of the farmers who are living in Iran right now who overwhelmingly were voting for the uh, Atayola and all these, uh, all these uh, people, this priesthood, to still keep existing there as opposed to more of the modern youth that want to uh, overthrow them and replace it with a different system. He is completely uh, irreligious, you know, like maybe he's into Zoroastrianism or whatever, but, you know, like he's he doesn't occupy his time culturally with a lot of things that other people from Iran do. He came to America. He got a job at a great tech company. And uh, there is no difference, culturally speaking, between his sentiments and the sentiments of, let's say, me and my family and other people that we know. Sure. Compare that to the farmer who lives in a completely different culture. And when he were to come here with his family, it would be more of a cultural clash. And I think this is something that also needs to be paid attention to as far as I don't believe a high trust society has anything to do with the color of one's skin or where somebody comes from. I think it does have to do with what kind of, let's say, culture and values people end up integrating within themselves whether they would mesh or not mesh together with the rest of the uh culture you're you're now in i feel like whether it are, does or it does claim not to be most nationalistic and most patriotic are like the most scared that american culture is so fragile that if someone comes here they're gonna destroy it like even if you look at again like the studies people i know like Maybe they're super conservative and then their kids get on the internet, love YouTube and Xbox and like go to college and become bisexual. Like Americans, but, that, but YouTube and Xbox, and, like, that's not that's, that's a not problem. culture though. That's yeah, consumerism. I know, I think it is. Like, I think that's... I love America. I think America's great. And I think people who are come here will be persuaded of it. So I just think it's funny that when people claim to be the most patriotic are also like deathly afraid that someone will come here and like, destroy the culture rather than like like it because i certainly do and i love this hey, McDonald's, here, here's my whole problem culture, though Sorry, here's my McDonald's whole problem with the argument here's my whole problem with the whole argument about oh well someone's speaking a different language blah 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 blah. i was born here i fought for this country i did my five years in the marine corps i was a fucking sergeant and then the, the first week that i came back from the marine corps to phoenix back to phoenix my sister broke her foot I take her to the ER, all right? I'm like, hey, you know, and my mom gets there and I start explaining to my mom hey, what happened to my sister in Spanish because my mom, even though she spoke English, is more comfortable in Spanish. While I'm doing this, this white lady gets up and starts yelling at me, go back to your country, blah, 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 you know, all this bigotry bullshit. And I'm like, I just fucking came back from the Marine Corps and you're yelling at me to go back to my country? Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And so what does that have to do with what I was rare. saying? 
the whole that because it's just people who are scared. It's people who are scared that oh, it's America's not going to change. No shit, America is going to change. America changed before when the Pilgrims got here and killed all the fucking indigenous people. I bet you they were pretty scared about people talking. But see, but language. see, that was I, I, I said that the I said that the language barrier increases the tension. That's all I said. People learn English. Most people no, but, but, who come but, but, to the United for... States speaking a different language learn English. But they're not more comfortable uh, in their language. As far I, as I, not I mean, Americans, it's not it, their it, fault it, that you feel uncomfortable with them speaking their language. Yeah. Like it, that's not actually very, immig- that's not the immigrants' fault. It's harder what, to function with sex. them. It's not a scared thing. Yes, it's a, it's a harder to function they, with them. Most of them speak English, and when they nope. need it. Yeah. Most yes, but when not all. Among themselves, you say, "Oh, there's somebody speaking among themselves, and they're speaking a different language." I don't know if they're talking about me. Like, it's not about you. When I yeah, yeah it is. Why? Why, why would you not, not be? Yes, it is. Why would it? Let's take a step back. This is an interesting point that you kind of brought up right now. Why do I have to speak English to my mother, who's more comfortable speaking in Spanish? Just to make you, you feel don't. comfortable. That's fucking stupid. No, no, no. But this is an interesting yeah. point that Chicano brought up right now. If, let's say, we were to imagine Saudi Arabia, right? And let's say we were to have people from the United States moving to Saudi Arabia and speaking English and not learning uh, Arabic. Well, some learn Arabic, some don't. Then if somebody who was uh, English were to, uh, or American were to say to the Saudis, uh, you know what, like, this is, this is what we're going to do. This is a nation of immigrants, whatever now. And when it comes to... To, let's say the U.S., you are absolutely right. There were Native Americans here who got massacred and who, you know, it was really horrible. Like they died from, uh, you know, the germs as well. That were don't worry, love. When I when I uh, come back with as as the Native American in the chat, when I establish my Neo Algonquin Empire, you will be granted <laughs> honorary Native status. <laughs> I, 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 I appreciate that. But when it comes to the Native Americans, though, like I imagine, just like to abstractly talk about this a bit. I imagine that when people are a part of a culture, it's like they're in a vehicle. And the Native Americans, they were in a vehicle that was passed down to them from their ancestors, that was passed down to them from who knows who. We're not going to get into the whole cataclysm survivors right now. But when it comes to the Americans and the English and French and yada, 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 they're also in a particular vehicle. Now, they're in different vehicles within that vehicle, but there are still certain things as far as the kind of things they learn in school, the kind of ways that they would uh, learn to behave that I think anybody, regardless of wherever they come from, regardless of the color of their skin, would be able to integrate into. Take uh, the Jewish people, for instance. I'm half Jewish. And when it comes to the Jewish people, they were able to successfully integrate from their vehicle into the European vehicle since time immemorial. Like, people talk about the one-drop rule that Nazi Germany had and all that. Well, way before that, during the Middle Ages even, if a Jewish person wanted to convert to Christianity, then, hey, all of a sudden, now you're a Christian, now you're in that vehicle. But it wasn't a matter of them settling in there and then thinking about it and then converting. It was like, okay, I'm going to convert, I'm going to adopt this thing. So my question to everybody is, would it be possible to find a good balance here where there would be an open door to anybody regardless of where they come from but there should be certain standards that should be met where as long as those standards are met then welcome home fellow american but that there should be some standards still so when the point was made about some people speak english some people don't why not nip that in the bud early on where at least the people who are coming over here have already you know we could already check those points can I, can I, like you can't uh, come here unless you speak English already. Wait, uh, uh, no, you go ahead. Definitely, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can definitely come here without speaking English, first of all. Second of all, but 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 wait, okay. Uh, I so I grew up in Canada, right? And Canada is in many ways, um, you know, they're not perfect by any by any means as, as far as leftists go, but uh, they're they're definitely the melting pot um, um, uh, model. It's much more so than America. You guys suck at this. Um, so this is my experience from growing up in this kind of situation. So I grew up in a neighborhood where, uh, here's an example. Um, literally everybody on the street was from different parts of the world, right? Like my, my across the street, uh, they were Palestinian Christians. We had Italians, we had Jews, we had Polish, we had, we had, we had, we had Syrians. We, we had people who were literally from everywhere. Okay. And they're all coexisting and everything's fine. There's no problems. Nobody's having cultural issues, but this is why, let me explain it to you. It's because the difference between um, people immigrating to a country and coming in and, and assimilating to the culture and hanging out and kind of trying, to, trying to sort of adapt to what the culture is giving them while also keeping their original culture, that's different than coming over in blocks, taking, uh, and, and this, this, this language is going to sound invasive, but that's not, I just can't think of anything else. The, 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 the neighborhood becomes theirs because it's six or seven families moving in together, right? In a, and not in a multifamily home, I mean in like three or four, okay? So early childhood was lots of individual sort of nation state, it's like a, like a little mini United Nations, right? The, the model. Then high school, I moved into a, into a neighborhood that was the vast majority were, um, they were from the Middle East. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what country because we never talked to them, not because we didn't want to, because they didn't speak English, or if they did, they refused to speak it to us. Um, and all the neighbors were like this. I don't really have a problem with it because I don't care at the end of the day if you refuse to speak to me. But there was obviously a whole part of my street of people that basically everybody else on the street didn't know. And the one thing that they all had in common was they're all from the same place and they speak the same language. Now, what this does, without you... Uh, you may not like that this is the case, but it is, and you can't do anything about it. It's just how it is. People find that weird. They go, how come they don't talk to us? How come they don't even try? Here's an example. Everybody's got dogs, right? Arabs are known to not really like dogs because it's part of Islamic culture, right? Um, but some will kind of get over that because they realize, well, there's fucking dogs everywhere. And if I'm weird about dogs, it's just weird. So I'm going to try to just kind of bridge the gap here. And some outright refuse to do so. The reason that I'm bringing up Canada specifically is one, because you have these melting pot uh, examples, but we also have something that America doesn't have, which is Quebec. Okay. Quebec is a part, a massive part of our country in which the vast majority just straight up don't speak English. They only speak French. And not only do they not speak English, even the ones that do speak English will often outright refuse to speak English to you. You want to know why? Because you're in their part of the country. You're in France land. You're not in English land. Now you got to learn our language. We're not going to cater to you. The only place where that happens is Montreal. You can go to Montreal and you can feel cool because everybody speaks English to you. But you go outside of there, you go to any neighborhood outside of Montreal, most parts of Quebec, people are not really going to talk to you in English because literally, fuck you. That's why. This is Quebec, bitch. You better learn. 
And that's the way it works. And if you don't like it, you can fuck off. And that's how Quebec works. So I know intimately that both of these things are possible to do. You can move to Quebec and completely assimilate. I'm talking anywhere in the world. Obviously, anybody can learn French. And you become Quebecois. You're Quebecois now. They don't care. As long as you speak their language, they don't care where you're from. But if you act like an asshole and you refuse to do so, you're not Quebecois. You're not, they're not gonna, they are not going to embrace you. I don't think that any country doesn't have the right to do this. If you move there, you should probably at least make an attempt. And if the attempts are made, then it is up to the native pop or quote unquote native population to extend the olive branch to, to be like, thank you. You're actually trying. You're, 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 you're meeting me halfway. Let's go. Let's do it. Another great example of this is Japan. If you go in Japan and you start trying to speak any language other than Japanese to people, they're just going to like ignore you. They, they don't, they don't, they don't, you're just annoying. You're gaijin automatically. You're an outsider. You're not even bothering. If you bother to learn even a little bit of the language, they'll treat you different because you're trying. It's this simple. The problem here is that both sides of this do not want to extend their hand to one another. It doesn't matter if you speak Spanish. In public. I spoke Portuguese with my family in public like crazy because sometimes you don't want people around you to hear what you're saying and understand what you're saying. But you're not necessarily speaking some ill and people can take it that way. But that's life. Fucking deal with it. I know it's upsetting. I know it hurts. It, it must, it, that must have felt fucking terrible, dude, to, to come back from tour and some pe- person's treating you like you don't even belong. That's fucking scummy. I can't imagine. But at the same time, that's fucking life. And People, people in America need to understand that there needs to be just the, the, the tiniest bit of give. You don't need to be, give everything. The tiniest bit of give. But it has to be black or white here. It has to be all the way or none of the way. It's either you're a white supremacist or you're, the, you know, whatever the fucking, whatever's the opposite of that. I don't know. Um, but I guess I just don't see the idea that immigrants aren't trying, like, like Chicano literally served in the yeah, military, I'm, which is like I'm, he's I'm, trying I'm, more than I ever some have. Some do, some don't. What I what I'm saying to so, you is that some do and some don't. And I'm not asking you if they do or don't. I don't care if you if you don't understand that or you find you have a different opinion. I'm telling you that that's the case. It's a thing that happens, whether you like it or not, whether you agree or not, or whether a dumbass study told you or not. It doesn't matter. A dumbass it's study. True. Can I take a different perspective? If you don't mind. Okay. So returning back to the Native... Real quick, I just want to say that I'm really thankful that uh, we do have different perspectives on these things, and Armand and Chicano Marine, like, you guys are the MVPs for... for I I value your your input. So, so Lev, Lev actually, this is a funny I feel like the chat really does not like me, because I've been seeing some terrifying memes about me. This is the olive branch stream. This is where happy. we're actually okay, trying okay. to. This is where we're actually trying to bring out the olive branch and see what are some of the misconceptions and some of the things that people may be confused about. Because look, if there is something that's said within this discussion that we can outright say no, this is wrong and this is why, then let's do it. This is what it's all about, baby. So, yeah. Apex, so, so Lev, Lev actually gets off on on disagreement. He can't flip between CNN and Fox too quickly, or he needs a new pair of pants. <laughs> um, but going going back to the native american side so i am native american and my tribe is from massachusetts so we have no land um and, th- and i think that's important and and there's 
there's something to be said about having a a home, a place where you you know you, you're very readily accepted, where you know like like there is a there is a comfort even with people who I don't really know all that well, you know, because basically all the members of our tribe are all over the country. Some of them are all over the world. Like there's no, we don't, our land is half of an apartment complex that was bulldozed over by the state of Massachusetts, you know, two decades ago, you know, there, there isn't, there isn't a place any longer. And yet, interestingly, like uh, when I went to get my native American name, when I was a teenager, it, there was like a deep connection and I think that a lot of times what people want, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because you can almost parse through certain, certain statements um, by, by, you know, other, you know, leftists or whatever. And, and you see, like, I feel like there's this deep yearning for just a place where one is very instantly recognized, where one is very instantly accepted where there's a mutual recognition there um and 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 i you know i i think that one of the interesting things about america is that you know you, you've kind of got almost for the first time in a very long time you have what could be described as a continental ethnogenesis which is that you know rather than or, or many ethnogenesis going or going on across the continent in that there's a lot of like you know the 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 new world cultures you know we all died we didn't have any immunity so we're all dead you know um and you you've kind of got these pockets of of these cultures and i think that a lot of people feel that their their place is disappearing that their that that their their home is effectively disappearing and while you may say, well, they were never entitled to it or they, you know, it, things change, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's true. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Every, you know, every culture, every society rises and falls, but it's a feeling that's there. And I think it's just from my perspective, just from what I've felt when I've been with other people in my tribe, like, I think it's a reasonable feeling. And I think that that can frequently Sometimes it can be expressed in very negative ways. Sometimes it leads to bigotry and xenophobia and all of that. And that's not, you know, we shouldn't hate one another. We shouldn't be violent towards one another. Like, but, you know, at, at the same time, those feelings sometimes, like, I, I think there is a validity to those feelings. And so when, when you're talking about immigration, I think that, like, for instance, I think the difference is, is that you don't necessarily have to speak English. But I don't, I think, I think actually you flip what Lep said, which is that you have a mostly closed door and anyone who wants can come. Because what happens is, is that as those small numbers, they integrate in, they integrate in very, very easily. Um, like, I don't, I don't think that you should have to, you know, know English before coming here. I don't think that you should have to be Christian or anything like that. Like you can, you can, you know, be Zoroastrian and know zero English and hate dogs. And I think that's fine. It's just that, you know. What you're saying is like people, the small number of people would mean yeah, that and, inadvertently and, and so, people would yeah. uh, change. 
And, 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 you know, as each one of those people would bring something new to the culture, obviously, and, and, and that would allow, but, but I feel that what happens is that it's the really fast transformations. It's the whiplash that really gets people, you know, it's, it's, it's not that, oh, there's, there's someone who doesn't look like me, who doesn't speak the same language. It's the feeling or the perception that it's inexorably moving like I'm losing my home, you know, like, I feel like that is the feel. And like people even can handle change, point... but they can't handle their world changing all at once. In other words. And this is yeah, what I was talking about. about blocks. And, and, and that's you know, what I mean. So, so my it's... point, my point is, is that, you know, and, and like, it, w- it would be amazing if, you know, if we even just had like a reservation, you know, as, as racist and as those are, even if we just had that, that would be a step up from the fact that we have nothing. You know, like there is no place. And so in this, like when, when people talk about, uh, at least this is, this is how I perceive it. When white people talk about things like white genocide, I perceive it as, you know, while they might legitimately think like there will be no more white people, which is nonsense. I think that what is driving that is this feeling that they believe they're losing their home that they perceive this change is occurring so quickly and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. It actually looks like it's accelerating. And they feel that I, I am no, I no longer have a home. And I think that these kinds of trends have occurred. I think I, I believe these kinds of trends have underlied certain amount of middle Eastern conflict. Um, you know, in, in the, especially with governments, states that are drawn up by European colonialists and, these pe- people just, they don't feel like they have a home. Well, what, when, you say, when, you say home, when, when you say the word home, what I would be very interested in hearing from everybody is how would you define the sense of having a home? And I would honestly say that I think it would go beyond the bread and circus things like, you know, like lighting it's, the like same it's, Netflix it's like show. An, what I mean is, is like it's an extended family, not in the sense that like, they're your cut, like they're literally your cousins, but it's an extended family. Isn't like I know what everyone else my like my parents know what everyone else's kids are doing. You know, like like you you've you've got like, there's a community. Like you get there and you belong. You are known as a part of a community. And these things are never perfect. Yeah. You know, well these I things mean, will also require outdoor activity, have, right? These yeah, things would also require to people to go to out. Have a community in which there was no bullying. There, there was no, there were no in-group, like, that would be great. Yeah. That would be great. It'd be wonderful. I don't know how to fix that. You know, if I could, I'd probably be a, a more famous person than an anime avatar. On, well, if there was know... no bullying, then everybody would start stagnating because everybody needs a little bit. Not, I'm not saying bullying, but you everybody know. needs a bit of pressure yeah, to fight against. There's, there's a difference between my hockey coach calling me a chicken shit because I'm not skating fast enough and you know, someone like spreading lies about you definitely on, on Facebook in yeah. high school and trying to ruin your life. Like the former is fine. I probably needed to be called that because I was being stupid. You know, the, the, the latter, not so much, you know, so, so none of these communities are perfect, but I really do think that what is driving so much of the instability is twofold is that one, the people who have been or, or people who have, whose families have lived in the U.S. for a very long time frequently feel that their home is disappearing. And the other people who get here are looking at it and going, where is the home? 
you know, like, like what we have is this deeply commercialized, alienated, isolated culture. And I think a lot of people come here and then they want homes. Like, I, I think we have like a, a massively homeless society, at least in the social, well, we also have a massive actual homeless problem, uh, which needs to be solved, obviously. But I think that even broader than that, there's an even bigger number of people who just feel, I don't have a home either it's disappearing or it's not coming around there's, there's a lack and of I think meaning there's, you know, but what is like what is what do you want us to assimilate to is my question like i don't, I came, I don't necessarily want, I, bro, I don't I want like, you to do anything bro no, no, no let me let me finish let me finish yeah. the question let me finish the question all right so i was born in the united states by accident my i was born a month early my dad was here visiting his sisters as soon as my mom's freaking water freaking broke, he threw her in the car and started fucking booking it to Nogales. And he got like a mile down the freeway and my mom was like, yeah, we're not making it. So I was born in the United States by accident, right? But then my dad brought us back when I was seven years old. I was already a citizen. I came here already having this, to me, this, you know, I had this image of America, right? The freaking, the shining city on a hill all these things that you see in movies and everything and you know everyone in america is fucking great and you know everybody's fucking john wayne and we all get along <laughs> and blah 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 blah. and then i got here and i realized none of that's fucking true there is no american culture what's the american culture cowboys and indians are gone. exactly like, there so, is what, so there, there is no, no like white there is no white culture your white culture is you know taking it's different other in minnesota versus making it part of yourself exactly like the, the culture <laughs> in boston is completely different from the culture in california so how yeah, are you going to tell me like, oh you guys so why do well, people tell me i need to assimilate so, to a culture that doesn't exist no no, no. so because so this is because you're no 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 remus, remus remus let me can i say something real quick okay yeah go, go ahead. ahead go ahead brother yeah so my my point is that is and 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 i think that chicano actually hit it on the hit the nail on the head and, and i think that we we agree here which is that I don't necessarily believe that you should, I don't necessarily believe you can have a unified culture. Like, you know, the, the, there is like, you can't have surfer culture in Kansas, you know, like it's just, it's not, there's no ocean, you know? And, and so I don't, I don't think that America as a unified country should necessarily be a unified culture. One, it isn't. Two, it never has been from the very beginning of its founding. If you want to, there's an interesting history book. If you want to read about the different cultures in America from its founding, Albion's Seed. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. Yeah. But I'd love to read that. If you, you know, there's, what I mean here is that America's broader aim should be an acknowledgement of saying, okay, we have a, we have a, a unified set of symbols, but each of us in our it should be seen more of like a patchwork you know like we should we should openly be like yes we are basically the ottomans okay like there's a lot of different people and a lot of different cultures all kind of coexisting and we should rather than trying to force all of these cultures into one you know american culture and everyone has to assimilate into it like no like if there's an ethnic enclave and it's doing fine then leave the ethnic enclave alone you know, one thing that I would personally like as someone who's lived in New York City is like, I would personally like there to be anti-gentrification laws. 
I think that there are, I think that a lot of times what ends up happening is that these communities get destroyed and they get replaced by these commercialized, you know, plastic alternatives. You know, like I don't want to see my local neighborhood coffee shop that's been run by this Vietnamese family for 60 years disappear because they can't pay rent now for their, and then a Starbucks goes in. Like, I don't want that. Like, that's stupid. Like the, I like in my neighborhood looks like every other neighborhood, you know, like we don't want that kind of, you know, forcing everyone into one system, which is why, like, I think that, you, you know, if imagine there was a whole community whether there's a bunch of whole communities in America that don't speak English. Like, I think it's fine. You know, like they're allowed to do that. It's more just like you need to have those local communities be cohesive. Um, and, you know, well, what does that mean? Like, it probably means that you're going to have to, you know, push political power down further towards local levels, at least in some respects. But like, I, I really do think that what needs to happen is kind of a, a freedom of association on a kind of community level or, or at least more community control. And, and this is where I start getting into the, you know, people should own their land and fuck the banks kind of rhetoric. And I know a lot of people don't, at least most people on the right who I talk to mm. don't really get, get a, I mean, it's uh, happy it... about that, but. It's it's an uh, interesting you... it's an interesting idea, but there is one problem here, which is, I think that there are a lot of people who see the negative aspects of banking and other institutions, but these institutions, as far as having any kind of civilization, they've been around forever. Obviously, there are ways of making them better. But one other thing that needs to be focused on here, which you can go all the way back to the Egyptians. I mean, if we want, we can go all the way back to what may have been the antediluvian civilization of Atlantis. But I'm not going to do that right now for the sake of not going down. The you know, they say hole, white people but... have no culture, but making references to the antediluvian civilization of Atlantis <laughs> is a very white thing to do. <laughs> Well, do you believe in Atlantis? Do you believe no, that's there was Aryan Atlantis? culture, Armand? That's Aryan oh, culture, yeah, not American. Aryan culture. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to culturally appropriate uh, Aquaman. Yeah, come on, man. No, no the reason why I'm mentioning no, the reason why I'm mentioning the Atlanteans is that we have had examples of a very thorough knowledge of um, astrology in terms of the megaliths that were uh, left over. And this was something that required a lot of time and a lot of finesse in order to construct. And to me, what that means is that there was and still is and always will be a hierarchy of elites where you would have people who would be the elites, whether we're talking about the elites of the Northeast Coast in uh, the United States who descended from England. Again, like if we're talking about Albion Seed, there were many different people who came to America. But as far as there still being certain people who set the tone for a particular culture, which encouraged particular things, I think this is something that affected everybody who were within yeah, that vicinity. Left, like that that is true but one of the problems so there's there's two kinds of power okay so, so when, when we talk about elites there's two, two kinds of power there's material power and there's formal power okay so a f purely formal power is something along the lines of the government has granted you the right to vote you know that is a purely formal power the government can at any point in time revoke that right to vote if a tyrannical government would emerge. A material power is more along the lines of here is a gun. 
at a certain point, the material power grants you a formal power because you're going, if you want to take my gun away, you can come and get shot. There's, so, so when we look at material and formal power, there's something that's important to note, and it may sound contradictory, but it, it is not. It actually synergizes, is you can have a concentrated formal power at the top. You know, you can have you have your elites, but they can defend a distribution of material power. So and I don't just mean weapons. I mean, property ownership. I mean, um, self-sufficiency. You can defend that distribution as opposed to centralizing. And so, you know, the idea that there will always be elites. Yes, there will always be elites, but they don't necessarily have to propose a everyone needs to be American, you know, they don't necessarily have to propose the same, um, you know, everyone has to assimilate to one culture. They don't. In, in, in reality, the best kind of elite would be one that defends the local, would be one that defends particular communities, continued right to exist, to live. They would defend the persistence of those communities, with all due respect, like that's that's what I think needs like when when someone talks about populism, that's what I see, or at least that's mm. part of what I see is this idea that on both left and right is you know the idea that there should be a defense of a distribution of power that the banks, the mega corporations, they've be they've they've centralized it far too much, and you need a Teddy Roosevelt to come in with a big stick and smack Jeff Bezos over the head a few times and let his employees unionize and split up Amazon Web Services from that runs a third of the goddamn internet, you know, that's kind of what the elites mm. need to do. And so, That's, that's you know, definitely part of it. I agree. But then well, there's another... Can I ask sure. a question? Sure. So, um, I, but earlier, I wasn't like somebody... I don't mind being criticized, obviously. I just thought it was funny. I've never seen someone make memes of me like that. Um, <laughs> so I find it very entertaining. Wait, so if someone made, if, the ch if you look at the chat, someone made memes of Levy pointing a gun oh, at me. God. I was like, oh my God. Oh, no. I would never but, like, do I was that. Like, I would never do but that then people, But then people were like, oh, he's getting so mad for getting criticized. I'm like, no, this is hilarious. Like, please keep, uh, whatever. The memes are great. Um, but Apex, I guess uh, what I'm confused by is like, what is the sense of, People want to lose like this loss of local power. They're losing their communities, and you're Native American, and you compared it to sort of what happened to the American peoples. But like objectively, like Native American peoples, Indigenous tribes got brutally murdered, right? Like that is an objective. Like yes, they lost their home. Yes. They were well, they horribly slaughtered. Versus like or disease, biological, some biological warfare, some not. Versus like. Objectively, what has happened to like white people in America? It's like there are more brown people here. Sometimes people speak Spanish in a bank. Like, I, I just don't see these things as oh no, comparable. no, and, and, and I'm not, you know, trust me. Like, I I'm not trying to to you know delegitimize like you know the the, the legitimate genocide of of my ancestors. Yeah, I wasn't what, trying to accuse you. I was just yeah, confused. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no worries, no worries. Yeah, I what I'm what I'm trying to do is is and this is. You know, I, I've been in a very odd um, situation, place politically myself. I, I really don't feel like I belong anywhere. And so I've been kind of trying to just look from the outside for the past few years and, and just 
do my best to empathize with different groups of people and see where they're coming from. And especially, you know, when, when I talk to my friends who are Bernie, were or are Bernie bros or, or otherwise, you know, Green Party voters or who um, were Trump supporters um, or who were Bernie supporters and then became Trump supporters, like, you know, all of these kinds of, quote, outsider um, perspectives, what, what I feel is, you know, subtext wise is a yearning for the same kind of feeling that I get when I'm around my tribe, which I don't get in a 96% white neighborhood where I grew up. Like most of my best friends went to the same high school as me. You know, I still talk to them, you know, eight, 10 plus years later, we're still really close. Um, but even then there's something, and, and a lot of them are immigrants, you know, one of them speaks, one of them's from the Czech Republic and he speaks Czech with his family. One of them's Polish and he speaks Polish with his family. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a unified thing, but there is something to be said about the feeling of being around people who have a kind of, like a deep ancestral connection with you, with your ancestors, with the land. And I know it, it's not the same, you know, and I know that at some point you're kind of looking at, you know, these white people and you're being like, stop being pussies, like, my God, you know, like, like the world is not ending. You need to get, you know, yeah. take a breath, go outside and be normal for the love of God, you know, like, I understand yeah, that. I, I and, mean, and look, I, I feel, look, just, no, wait, just, Kira, let me finish. Let me yeah, finish. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I need to clarify. I that. understand that feeling, but I feel that that is a misrepresentation of what these people feel. I feel that deep down, what they feel is a very legitimate yearning for a home, for, for a home that, that to them is disappearing. You know, it's kind of like if I gave you a million dollars and then I took it away, you would be worse off than you are now. Because it, it, it was, it, you know, you had it, it was there, you, you're, you went up and now you're down. And, and, and you don't just return back to where you were. It's, it's, you're like, well, shit, I had a million dollars, you know? So, so this, this perception that white people, you know, are, that it, it's an entirely illegitimate feeling, I, I don't, I just, I can't agree with. Um, and, and I think that a lot of times this perception um, can, can lead to, to, I think it blocks empathy. I think that deep down what these people yearn for is a very, oh, good Lord, what is going on there? Uh, Myself anyways, is wiling out. Yes. But um, what, what really, I, I, I think, I think it's a legitimate concern. And, and I think that deep down, like, people deserve to have homes and that's why like one of you know I'm, I'm i'm i love urban planning like it's you know if i'm if i'm if if i win the mega if i i think what the mega millions is tonight or something in america if i were to win the mega millions i'll i'll dox myself i'll be i'll become like an urban planner you know so if you see someone win the mega millions and become an urban planner that's probably me you know but like I, I, I really do like the idea that like in New York, all the different parts of New York are different. You know, like the Upper West Side and the Upper East Side are, are mm -hmm. they're, they're within 
what a mile of each other totally different you know there is still something like, that i would add though as far as upper east or upper west or me like i went to catholic school in love Brooklyn. i really want to clarify something yes, yeah, like, yeah, hero. okay yeah. yeah i've yeah. been talking too long here i go <laughs> sorry it's 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 more so just that so there's a there's a, a lot of levels to which i i agree with you apex and i i think that's a, a an intensely important discussion to have i think that's super interesting and i agree with you on a lot of levels to that um what I was saying was very much, let's say, not at that level. Um, I'm, I'm, all I was trying to say in my own example about, oh, people don't speak English in the bank and all this stuff. It, it's not about like, oh, I have a huge problem with this. Oh, I have, you know, oh, this is a terrible thing. My, my, my point is just like, if we're going to have multiculturalism work, I think we need to look at areas that cause tension. And that was just an area that causes tension, maybe unjustified, maybe justified, whatever it is. It just causes tension i think that's something to look into with regarding immigration that's all i'm saying i'm not sure. saying like no, i want these people yeah. separate from me and all this stuff like no, again that's I, something yeah. interesting to talk about but that's that's not what i was saying yeah no i hope the places, i didn't sorry yeah i just want to say i i hope i didn't i i did not mean to misinterpret to to interpret your position or represent it that way hero um and it's also no, partly get... why okay it just You're good. Why, it like, was just that you know. that's where it went. And I want I just wanted yeah. to clarify yeah. and make it obvious. No, no, no. Totally, Sorry totally understand. Yeah. No, no, no. So like my I, I kind of went off away from the whole trust and social functioning thing. Um, so okay. Glad we're clear. Sorry, Armand. No, I was gonna say uh, Apex and Hero's point, I think, interacts in an interesting way in that like your examples are of like that's what I love about San Francisco, right? There's a Chinatown, the mission, like the places that have the least social trusts, especially on immigrants, are the places that have the least of them. And so I think a lot of this, like the places I've seen in America that my family has been in, like my parents are immigrants, like are the places that have the least diversities because it's like there's so much hype and fear in the media. And I think a lot of the distrust happens when you don't actually know people of different cultures or interact with them. And your only vision of them is with Fox News is piping into like your TV screen every day. And I think like, it's less people are afraid that, oh, I hear Spanish in a bank. I know here that's not like, you're just an example. I think it's more of, yeah, I hear news stories about it all the time and I don't know any of these people. And I think actual interactions um, with folks, like-, like right. you, I'm right? actually a couple like People you actually from, know, so. yeah. I'm oh, a couple cool. cities Can over I ask from this- uh, I'll, I'll say Silicon If you don't Valley. want to dox yourself. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair South, enough. South Bay, so, in other yeah. words. So very, very similar, I know what you mean. And it's, yeah. it's not that you can't, you know, my a lot of my best friends are, are Asian immigrants. I, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a thing. Like I have this super paranoid view of all these people. It's, you know, something that I've noticed that, that makes things slightly more tense than maybe they should be, especially when political tensions are so high is, is being swarmed with, with big waves of new people, even Mexican people that live where I live, they have a hard time, you know, not a hard time, but they, they get more tense when there's big waves of new people. Maybe they even speak the same language. I'm just saying that like the rate at which people are, are coming in at some points is, is concerning if you want cohesion. That's all I'm saying. Has anyone else, has anyone else read uh, Jane Jacobs by any chance? Yeah. Um, okay. So, I, so I am also like an urban planning nerd. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Armand, you're, you're dope just for that. Um, (laughs) but one of, one of, so one of Jane Jacobs's books, and and if you haven't read her, she's phenomenal, definitely recommend, um, to anyone watching, but 
one of the books that she wrote is um i actually i have it. it's the death and life of great american cities and one of the things that she said there is that great cities can be understood as federations of neighborhoods and this is what i i think armand is getting at with san francisco it's what i feel in new york is that you have these neighborhood blocks um, that are fairly cohesive, you know, like I love going to Koreatown in New York City. I love it. Um, and it's it's only like one street. Um, it's like 33rd Street between 7th and yes. Broadway. Great restaurants um, there. Yes, great. And but like everyone, everyone there speaks Korean and, you know, they they have their their tight knit culture and but but they're within a broader like if i were to look at new york city as a whole new york city as a whole is not that korean you know but i go down to this neighborhood and there's a there's a place you know there's there's a there's there's a home for a lot of people and and so i think that really we kind of have to look at this almost as a as as a fractal you know in that a great cities are federations of neighborhoods great states are federations of these cities you know, and you can have a very diverse country that simultaneously is very cohesive and allows for a home for everyone. Maybe that means that neighborhoods look more like ethnic enclaves. You know, like I, well, one of the things that I, I let, let me, one quick example is like with, with anti-gentrification laws, like, I don't necessarily like the fact that if I have friends who are not white, they're probably going to be moving, you know, like, because the rents go up and their families can't afford things. And because of the way our, our, our society is, they're, you know, they tend to be disproportionately poor. And so and then I lose friends because I can't see them, you know, like, like you want to maintain these communities. Um, and, and, you know, I see in the chat, you know, there's good and bad of enclaves. Yes, of course, you know, there, there's good and bad with all of these kinds of systems. Um, you know, I mean, one of the one of the important things here is that we can't confuse a good that's taken out of balance with an evil. You know, you can you can pursue a good and take it too far. You can you can pursue, you know, a lot of times goods need to be pursued in, in balance. But if you pursue one good too far and it goes out of balance things go bad you know we i i would very much like to see more of that kind of federation of neighborhood system um you know and and i i think that that would be a resolution to this kind of homelessness that i, I feel is is driving so many people on both left and right well, one uh, key component of that, I think we were talking about the Upper East Side, Upper West Side. We can look at various different dynasties that have existed in New York City as far as influence goes. Like we're talking about like the Astors and like Lady Astor having all these fancy schmancy parties, bringing in her yep. people like all these elites. I don't take them for granted either. I know that they may be up to some bad stuff once in a while, and they definitely need to be kept in check, especially today. But the important thing for me is that when you have people who have set a certain tone, regardless of the various enclaves that there are, there still are going to be certain systems that echo each other. For example, I went to a Catholic school in uh, Brooklyn, 
and I got a certain kind of education that would have been different from, let's say, if I were to go to a Reformed Jewish yeshiva, or it would have been different from me going to the Russian Orthodox school that I went to for one year when I was like five years old or something on the Upper East Side. Now, religiously, these are very different systems. You know, the yeshiva, Russian Orthodox, and Catholic, uh, you know, even though two are Christian and one is Jewish. What they do have in common, though, is as far as taking in, you could say culturally appropriating different aspects of things that have been found to be good for creating the next new leaders, the next people who would be able to set other good examples for other people to follow. Regardless of where, where that influence comes from, be it from Judaism, be it from Protestantism, whatever, I feel like it is in a way the job of the elite to assimilate these best kind of qualities and to be able to distribute them among everybody else as an example to reach for so that regardless of what happens in the future as long as there will be that set standard that's set then you can have your you know uh, various interesting restaurants and communities and festivals and things like that but there will still be a kind of structure that people will be able to look at and say, okay, this is something that I can yearn for, not because, you know, this is, you know, there's something particularly special about these people or, you know, anything blood-related or bullshit like that, but specifically, specifically because this is a system that's taken its time to bring into it the things that actually can be judged as being very high caliber and that anybody, regardless of where they come from, can be able to get into and be a part of. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I, I think that diving into elite theory is would would take a, a multi day long conversation. Lev, we'll um, have an episode about that for sure. Yeah, but I just I just wanted to bring this out because I feel like there can be a good balance between everything we've talked about so far not being able, you know, not being bigoted towards people who are different from us, but at the same time being able to have these uh, standards as well. And I know that it's difficult to say, you know, like, well, we can't be meritocratic because, you know, these people have suffered a lot in the past and they did uh, from, um, you know, from things that were artificially imposed as far as limitations. Like there was a time when Jews couldn't even get into Harvard, you know, let alone like in the Russian Empire, Jewish people, there was like a limit of how many you can, uh, you know, how many Jewish people can get into certain positions uh, there. But things change and I think things do change to the better as far as being way more inclusive. But I just want to make sure that when we're talking about it, like that we don't get into the mode of because um, I, I think that there are a lot of people in academia today who are really kind hearted and who really want to help people out. But they, I think, have the this Promethean and I use Promethean intentionally here because Prometheus was the god who brought the fire of the gods to the people, to the human beings that he created. But Prometheus was also the god who sacrificed himself for the sake of humanity. I think that there is a martyr type uh, feeling that people get, especially those in academia, those who influence the culture today, where, you know, they almost do feel like, you know, you know, white people should be, you know, ashamed of themselves for yada, yada, yada. Me as a fellow white person, I'm ashamed and all, all that stuff. But in a way, it feels like this martyrdom of the self for the sake of other people, which I could see it's kind hearted, but it may be coming, you know, it, 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 it there's, may there's be... an alert to persecution. 
there's know, a what there, a there's an allure you know allure, there's yeah. there is a there isn't you know you you get the moral superiority of feeling that if i was not so bad if i wasn't so good other people wouldn't be attacking me you know they're they're in the dark i've seen the light and you've also removed any responsibility you have to improving yourself and the society around you because you're being persecuted you're not in power you know and and, and you see the same thing in in uh at least i see the same thing in you know some libertarians as well it's like oh the government blah 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 you know and and then you don't do anything about it there, there has to be an um, enemy there has to be a dragon you yeah, fight and conquer yeah. and sometimes you you're know. the dragon sometimes you want to slay yourself cut your own head no, off yeah, for the yeah. sake of others you know and and so so the point is you know there there is a uh there's an i there's an alert to that you know there is a i i wonder how much of that comes from genuine concern and how much of it is you know narcissism that moves into a different you know expression um, well, the, the kabbalah talks about these two things being very linked together as far as when we start to evolve more as people who are like conscious of the other people that are around us it's also the growth of egoism because when we feel that we're doing good things for other people, we're helping other people, it also fills up us. It fills us up. We're like, man, look at us. We're doing all this great work. We're helping these people. I am so good because I'm going to show everybody how nice I am yeah. and how, you know, how much I don't like things that my ancestors did. You know, like it's this whole I think there is an egoistic aspect of it, but I think yeah. it's a healthy I think it's a healthy process that we are in right now where I think we got to recognize just like people talk about recognizing white privilege. I think everybody regardless of where they come from we should recognize our egoism and see that there may, it may be possible. I think it's definitely possible to transmute that egoism into actual altruism uh, through, you know, just being able to understand that we are all an aspect of oneness, but at the same time, we have to balance severity with mercy, like those two columns in the uh, Kabbalistic tree of life. And we have to be very thorough when we make a decision to make sure that it is actually going to be something that's going to benefit everybody and not cause some, you know, some disbalances, some swinging of the pendulum to the other end. Yes. Sorry, uh, Remus is trying to reconnect and uh, is trying to get in your Twitter DMs. Let me see. Well, Remus over here is connecting to to audio, so he is it's with been us for over a while. Here. Been for a while, let's, and then the chat see, said, "Like, going check your DMs." Okay, I will do it right now. And everybody, this is going to be the opportunity for me to say, "Please subscribe." We also have super chats that we have been sending out. Yes, send this. Oh, Conscious Moss, you have been amazing. Conscious Moss, <laughs> she was the one who gave us the twenty dollars and the five dollars, and all. Oh, no. Oh, that's that's what's going on. Okay, hold on, everybody. Yeah, sometimes I don't put those password numbers in there just because it's too long. Here we go. Remus, I think you are going to be able to connect right now. And once again, everybody, don't forget to subscribe. And here are the super chats. So we had a super chat from um, Jacob Stern, $5. Stop fixating on QAnon. It's a niche group that's been elevated as controlled opposition by the consent manufacturing apparatus. Thank you, Jacob. Byzantium Archon. Bill Donahue sowing discourse when we must satisfy Mehran's demands. Mehran, great friend of the stream. And Bill Faust, five, five Canadian dollars. Ooh la la. Oh. Uh, give us Bill Donahue on stream. I don't know who Bill Donahue is. Is he like a reporter or something? Who is this Bill Donahue character? 
So, and zero HP should be coming in really quickly uh, as well. But uh, let's see, here we go. I think, okay, there is a number. I don't want to dox Remus as far as his number goes. So what I'm going to do is I am going to close this screen right now that everybody is in and um, and bring it up. But while I'm bringing up, uh, Armand, uh, I would love to get to your point of view as well. Like, do you see what I'm talking about as far as uh, trying to find a balance between these different energies? I don't know if you delve into spirituality or Kabbalah or any of that, any of that crazy stuff, but uh, I do see it as being possibly a good um a good a good analogy to the situation people find themselves in today i'm not um jewish so i wouldn't know i'm vaguely familiar with like the Kabbalah and so on but um you know i i think broadly spiritual and I, while i agree with what you are saying i also don't like I, I do think there is like a tension. No, but this way, my background is I wasn't used to be very active in college debate, which is like really tied to academia, and that was like the leftiest of the leftiest of the leftiest circles. And a lot of the status games in that sphere were figuring out ways in which you could cast yourself as sort of like the more pure person versus the other person's not. And it it always really struck me. I, it's yeah, it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what's funny about it though is that. I would recognize as uh, like, cause I, I grew up really poor working class communities, pretty diverse. Like I've been act in activism. So I'd like go to debate tournament and it'd be like a room of like Harvard educated white people all yelling at each other about how they're the good white person. Um, <laughs> and then in the evening I'd go to like a black lives matter protest where it's like a lot of black and brown people getting tear gassed by cops. Um, and so I think on one hand, it's a lot very easy for a lot of folks to dismiss real tangible material concerns because they center like these arcane discussions about like what's the right word to say or privilege in a classroom or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's tricky, right? Like, I'm sort of saying on one hand, like, yes, I think there is this like, like why the media is obsessed with like this few thousand people who are undergrads at Yale and Harvard every year and what crazy shit they're going to say um, over the actual like lived experience of millions of people. And like, I'm a leftist, like, I don't give a shit what like a radical activist at Yale does who's 22 because they're a kid. Like I was stupid when I was 22 too. Um, and so on one hand, I think there's like way too many folks who are trying to like essentially martyr themselves and say like, I'm such a good person and flagellate themselves and the identity. And, but it's really like a lot of privileged people arguing with other privileged people that that privileged person is worse than my privilege is better because your privilege is better. And it's just like, it's navel gazing. I'm a lot more concerned about like how much are folks getting paid um, who are making like, you know, 10 bucks an hour. Like, do they have food to put on the table? Um, are people getting equally treated on the job? Like is like, I had a friend who like, you know, we talk about feminism as this big broad concern and have intellectual debates. But like for me, argument feminism is like, I have a friend who almost got fired from her job because her boss hit on her when she didn't want to sleep with him. He tried to fire her and she had to like deal with that. Like the stuff that actually affects people's lives um, is the shit I care about. And I think a lot of the, the academic debate is purely just like a status game amongst elites to prove their own purity. I actually agree with you on the situation of that. The difference I would take is that it's not, I, I find it 
dismissive to say that it's just you know some elite college types arguing with each other i think that we're we're finding that whether it be genuine or not we're seeing that that type of ideology is leaking into uh corporations and advertising and and a lot of the the structures of of um of influence in our in our media and in our culture i I, I think in that sense i think that's really concerning you know i I will emphasize oh sorry nala you go sorry um i kind of think that it's all a distraction i think that um and you, you can correct me if i'm not um completely picking up on what you guys are saying fully but um I think that a lot of these things like the feminism in the workplace and all of this stuff, um, it kind of feels like a really big distraction, especially when it was in the Donald Trump era of him being our president. Um, It kind of just felt like if we focus on all of these things, like what people would call microaggressions or, you know, uh, just like being treated equally in the workplace and you know it it distracts us from all of the bigger political issues that are happening right right in front of us but you're so focused on like what they're telling you to be focused on and what to be offended by and what to be upset by that you no longer care about the bigger issues happening and how many people your country is killing in other countries and other places because, oh my God, my boss hit on me today and made me feel uncomfortable. And I think that it's just a really big distraction for bigger issues that are happening in the world. Yeah, I mean, and then we're I, voting I, uh, for, oh, and then. It's okay. Don't be sorry. Um, and then, you know, it, it's a really big push to vote for the Democratic candidate because, oh, well, you know, he supports our gender terms and he supports these these words oh. that make me feel better and like I'm a better white person. And um, it's all just like self-fellatio. It's just like oh, like we're, we're the good people and this is the good candidate because he says not to misgender and feminism this and this, you know, it, it just, it's all bullshit. And then you look at what he's actually doing and what these people are actually doing right in front of us, but it doesn't matter because he's telling you, well, Yes, I'm. I'm going to start this war, but you know, I'm not going to call you retarded. <laughs> and it makes you feel yeah, better. I mean, we can like that. walk and chew at the same time, though. You know, like you can, but show no, so- concern for the, the little things. Like to me, you're right. Those are little things. The the misgendering people, the microaggressions. They're little things. They're things that you probably deal with on, like we deal with. Most of us deal with every day, and. For the most part, you can just say, like, fuck it, I don't care, which is what I think the majority of people do. And then you have that, you know, loud minority that's like, no, you can't do this. No, you can't call me that. No, you get fired from your job and banned off of Twitter if you say those things. Yeah, but some of them, for some of those things, you deserve to fucking be fired. Like, if you (laughs) hit on a person. You just said it was small. No, okay. I said some of those things are small, right? But if you get hit on, and they fire, try to fire you because you yeah. didn't want to fucking date the boss. Like, no, I agree you with know, you on that. But, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there are issues that I guess, yeah, we can all agree on. Okay, these things matter. 
you can also agree that, oh, you know what? War in the Middle East also matters. Or, hey, we shouldn't be bombing people in other countries. Like, we can walk and chew at the same time is my whole point. You can care about the little things. You can, you know, even, you know, brush them aside if you want to. And at the same time, you can be like, hey, you know, all these things that our government's doing. Are you can, but up. do no, people so actually do that? So this is, and I'm going to, I'm going to provide a, a, a a, a take on, on from what Nala said it's like I, I work in finance I work on Wall Street and it's it's almost as if um, if you put your pronouns in your email signature and you have a certain number of black people and women in your executive suite like you can just kind of pillage the world and there's at least some people who will be like oh that's fine you know, and, I, and I'm not saying, you know, I know plenty of leftists who are like, it doesn't matter who's doing it. Like, this is some bullshit. Like, you're you're impoverishing people like this. This cannot stand. I mean, some of these companies like BlackRock owns like 10 percent of the world. OK, like it's it's absurd. And and the the idea that, you know, it, it's OK if, if the people who are in charge, you know, as long as there's aesthetic change then like, it's fine if they keep plundering us as nothing has materially shifted, you know? And, but like, I, I, I really do, like, I see what Nala is saying on a, on a fairly daily basis. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you, coming out of college and living in New York, like there's not a ton of jobs that give you enough money to survive without four roommates in a two bedroom, you know? Um, sadly, because our economy is fucked. Um, and now what you end up getting is, is you know, a lot of, it's, it's pure signaling. And, and I really do think that, that Nala is, what she's saying is true in, in a lot of these places. Um, you know, are there, are there people who can walk and chew gum at the same time? Yes. I, I, I'm very skeptical of, at least on the corporate side, like any, any, pretty much like any of the concessions, that's what they are, they're concessions. Very few, very few people um, genuinely believe these things. Um, have you guys seen... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I, I'm, I'm finishing. Uh, like, you, you can go, sorry. comic of, um, there's like folks in the from some Middle Eastern country and they're getting bombed, but they're like, this smiling. one comes from a black trans woman. Oh, yeah, I feel like, so progressive. What? Yeah. I was like, I'm so honored. We're getting like, bombed. Oh, but I and called them their right pronoun while I bombed them. So <laughs> well, there's, okay. there, there's a slightly, Although, I will there, say slightly... that it's also not like really hard if someone says, Hey, yeah. can you call me this to call them that? Like, like there was a slightly, no, I'm not, and I'm not though. even, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. The, there's a slightly okay, deeper wait, conversation, though, that I think can uh, be had here, where I think a lot of these patterns we're noticing and we're more or less agreeing with what we're seeing. To me, though, this is still a surface level. It's a surface level pattern relative to another pattern, which I think is even way more interesting to me personally, which is, OK, so there is this mask. There is this face that is being worn by a lot of these uh you know high up people they know the fashion they know the pronouns they know these specific things that they have to say but then okay then let's look at it a little bit deeper where when it comes to number one are they trying to regardless of any of the wars and carnage and problems is there any 
other thing that they may be preventing from doing this as well that may be even worse than what is being presented to us right now. This well, is yeah. We could live yeah. in an anarchic Mad Max wasteland. I mean, that would definitely well, not, be worse not than to what that we have no, now. Not, not to that level. I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. The Portland's British kind of already there. Well, okay. Here, here's an example. So the British during, I believe, like the twenties, early twentieth century. They were faced with a bad situation where there were a lot of people who wanted to go full communist. And uh, the British government decided that, you know what, it would be better to appeal to the working class and do some reforms. And we could say, okay, some of these reforms that were done, they were great, they helped out people, but maybe some were not as great. And when you're in that kind of position... Like I said before, there is gonna be there is gonna be greed. There is gonna be you know taking more money than may you know that than you may need or that your shareholder whatever. The point is is that people people have different choices, and when it comes to whether we should lay it all out for all the people to decide what system they want to live in. What if they decide to go with communism? What if they decide to go on the bandwagon of some, uh, you know, Lenin or, uh, you know, Trotsky, like uh, happened in Russia, and that is the new system now? So in my, comparison okay, to that, so, the government so could have is... gotten in there and t taken it over, kind of like, how do you say it? The government would have been able to... Uh, I don't remember this word. It's like when they pretend to be something that they're not, you know, like they went in there, they pretended to be subvert. Woke, they to be. Yeah, subvert. That's it. So in a way, I'm defending the subversion of the upper crust for the sake of preventing something even worse. Now you could. You sure. Could, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to a degree, I, I understand. Oh, a zero, zero HP. He has blessed us with hey. his presence. But um, no, it's just just real quick. Lev is on on the one hand. I have a few questions. You always have an job. elite. <laughs> oh, by the way, I did you retweet? Did you retweet the last a, uh, zero? Did you retweet the last tweet? Well, Lev, yes. how many how how many uh, viewers do you have? Because if it's in the thousands, he probably retweeted it. Um, <laughs> but. No, so so what I'm what I'm basically what I'm saying is just that like you're always going to have an elite, and yes, they need to maintain stability, sure. But there is a difference between a constructive elite and what we could describe as a parasitic one. Like there is there like I I genuinely feel that the that the upper crust that we have now are draining the economic vitality. They're they're impoverishing millions of Americans. They're impoverishing millions of people around the world. Um, you know, like it, it's, and they're ruining social fabrics while doing it. Like I, this, this elite has lost its legitimacy. Why? Why? Do you know why? Why? Well, it is a question of incentives. What you have is a transnational elite. They have no roots. And they have no responsibility because they have no ownership in the system of government that we have, which is an oligarchy. No one has responsibility. The, the goal is to dodge blame. What we should have is a system where the elite actually have much more control. And they have control when they view their subjects as their own property, 
Then, a man cares for his property. He develops it rather than seeing it as something to be plundered. The elite have no connection to the people because they have no ownership. No, that makes sense to me. But the only thing that I would say to counter that is, first of all, when has there been a time when we have not had some parasitic element within any elite structure? Because I don't see there ever being these archetypes of, you know, these wonderful, noble elites. You know, they've always, to an extent, I mean, maybe we could say that today because companies are much more international that are after the bottom line, that's going to cause a problem. But uh, I don't know, what, what would you respond to that? I'd say there have been many good kings. There have been many good rulers. But there's never been a good mob. If you think good governance possible, then you have to identify when that governance occurred. Look at those conditions. When was that and why? Or do you think there's never been good governance? Which is a pretty good no, this And okay. this is why I think... If, if I may, real quick. Zero, are you done? I'm going to assume you're done. Um, oh, wait, wait, and before before that, I just want to say, and I really hate saying it, but goddammit, we need the viewers. I don't think Zero retweeted the last tweet yet. I, I'm retweet such an the asshole tweet. for even... I'm such I an asshole for just, Astral just tweeted one, too. I'll retweet that as well. Okay. But, um... No, and, and this is this is what, you know, talking about incentive structures, which I think Zero has pinpointed the problem is, and, th and this is why I made the earlier distinction between formal and material power, which is probably the single greatest tragedy of the modern world or the modern West is it's not even clear who you should be mad at. Like, who are you, like the man, the man doesn't exist, you know, the system, like, Everyone's just pointing fingers at each other in this endless Kafka-esque bureaucracy, and no one has no one takes responsibility because there's no one who you can point to and be like, "This is your responsibility." Like, forget you know, like the most democratic thing you can do is have a person or a group of people where you can go, "This is on you." Like, you have all of the right to make the decision, and if if it failed, it's on you. You know, like at a, at a certain point, elites stopped exiling themselves for failing to serve the common good and society never recovered. Um, and, you know, th this is why like formal power should be concentrated. You know, th that's where the elites come in. But again, th the point talking about, you know, is in the same way that I said they synergize, you can have that formal power that's concentrated while having distributed material power. But you need to like, you need to deobfuscate the people who rule you. Politicians are rulers, you know. Yeah, they're elected, but they're rulers. They're not our friends. They're not our idols. They rule us. Elected. Okay? And at yeah. a certain point, rulers have a you know you have to hold them responsible. Can be like, look, America has been getting poorer for fifty years. You know, like it's at, at a certain point you got to be like, all right, it, it's it's on you. So. You need you need to deobfuscate the mm. the structures of governance. I at least want to know who is ruling. You know, like I want to know who who do I who do I have to be mad at? You know, like <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't need that's I don't the same need thing. Everybody, like that's my, I guess, like you know, I'm curious what 
Sub-Zero's definition of good government. I mean, Zero's definition of government. <laughs> Sub-Zero. Sub -Zero. I played too much World Combat as a kid. Um, yeah. Well, how do you define Can you hear me, by the way? Is my mic working? Yes. Yes. We, do we, hear, you. we hear you. Uh, well, it gets, um, multiple it voice gets, changers. Yeah, it's working. It gets a little fuzzy at times, I think, when there's wind. But otherwise, it sounds really good. Hey, I hope you find a better voice changer sometime, man. Like I, I appreciate your like your effort, but it's it's uh it's tricky to hear you sometimes. Wait, voice changer? I thought he oh, just I... smoked a lot. <laughs> and we got Ewan Ewan joining us as well. Yo, okay, myself. Ewan. Ewan, yeah. friend, great friend of the show. talking about piss drinking. So. <laughs> Oh, by the way, check out this comment from Earplug, who is joining us on D Live. He says Zero mm -hmm. obviously likes anal plugs. Mm. Refuse to respond to that. <laughs> they were also saying you sounded like you're obese, but I'm not sure about that. You've got a voice filter on. Mm. You all the tomato and raw pepper. Of course. Oh, nice. Yeah. Zero is anyway, in someone said that, right now with wind. Someone said I needed to save the, the stream because it was getting weird, but I couldn't tell because my PC fucking broke. Mm. Stream's been going oh, great. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. No, I'm, someone... I'm very I am mm. very happy and honored that we have uh you know that we have all these great people here, especially I mean, it's such a great thing when people disagree. And I'm not just saying that because of the clashes that happen, but I'm also saying that because it gives us a chance to get out of any echo chamber any of us happen to be in, mm. you know? It's such a healthy thing to experience. And uh, as far as Zero HP goes, just so for those who don't know about him, he is an amazing writer. He wrote uh, he wrote God-Shaped Hole. Highly recommend you look that up, where he was talking about this... Um, future society with the sex bots and instant pleasure like i don't know if i would say it's kind of a mix of brave new world and some of the uh you know his uh, heroes uh hp lovecraft wor uh, works but uh when it comes to the vibe that uh, is strongly felt let's say among uh, zero hp's followers and uh, other people on um on this side of twitter it goes back to this whole being concerned about things like the great reset uh this idea of i don't want to live in the pod i don't want to eat the bugs you know people don't want to be reduced to these base units all that they do is just consume the bread and circus entertainment consume the bugs and that and i'm not saying that this is what's going to happen what i'm trying to do here is i'm trying to connect elements of society uh that i would say armand you you would not be in this element specifically with the i don't want to eat the bugs i don't want to live in the pod i want to connect oh, you with these elements and see what happens and see like what do you think about it what do you think about this tension that people are uh, feeling when it comes to uh, when it comes to these things I mentioned. And everybody subscribe. I don't know why Armand is not responding. He is muted. Oh, there I didn't know you were uh, <laughs> asking me a question. I thought you were talking. Yeah, talking you to know, Lev, that just sounded like you were like, Armand, this is why you are here. You have been summoned yeah, yeah, yeah. before the council was a of, I don't of know anti pods. Like, I, I don't, aside from the pods and the bugs, like, I have a general sense of what that's alluding to, but I don't yeah, actually Well, well you're living in San Francisco. That is pod yeah. central. It is true. We pay far too much for tiny pods. Um, I'm not yet. Even worse than I am. I hear they're a good source of protein. 
Um, uh, no, I don't have spare headphones. I'm just doing it because it's funny. I can just get some new ones. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I, that's why I asked Zero what he defines as good governance. Like, I don't know what his view is. I can well, z- Yeah, well, let, let's after, go from but, there, and yeah. then I'm going to circle back to the pod question. But Zero, go for it. I think defining good governance is the principal project of any would-be critic of society right now. Uh, Good governance, the way I would define it, is when the incentives of the rulers align with the incentives of the people, as much as they can. There's always some some competition among friends and allies. But right now I see a very oppositional uh, an incentive clash between the people who are in charge and the people that they rule over. That's a very broad definition, but you asked a very broad question. Um, okay. I mean, that makes sense, right? You want to have the ruler's incentive the working class. I guess maybe someone can tell me more about this. Nope. I'm, I'm being asked to respond. I'm being told I disagree with like. Yes, you, you've been asked a very vague question. I don't know what I it can, is. <laughs> I can maybe add. No, sure. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not no, saying you disagree. Too much. No, no. I'm not saying that you disagree or anything I like that. Can... I'm just saying that you're you're not within the circle that likes talking about their disagreement with the pod culture. That that's pretty much what I'm saying. Right. Which what, is why. What I is the pod to... culture? Netflix world. Like, I don't have a problem with, with urbanism. Let's say a uh, highly compacted, uh, highly atomized urban consumerist society. Let's say I would not limit it to urban. I would well, yeah. say that most of suburbia is the original pods. I would yeah. I would refer to pods mostly as as being isolated living units in that tend to limit your connection with your neighbors. Why do people um, like so? Like what is this? Honestly, the pod is more of a joke. Don't think about the pod. I know, but the, the pod thing is just such yeah. a big meme. I feel like people create these fucking atmospheres for themselves to get like absorbed into their own, like, oh my god, the world's gonna be horrible. It's gonna be like this. So that's why I can do fucking nothing about it and complain on Twitter. And that seems to be a, a lot of people. I hear you know, the 4chan ethos and shit like that. It's very boring, this defeatism. I'm just chilling. In the shower. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, just chilling in the chat. I have a question for the chat. Who is that woman, Lev? I don't know. Are you talking about Conscious Moss? That, and that's a man, by the way. I don't know. Armand, are you a fan of Naruto? Uh, Conscious oh, Moss is a man. who I am. <laughs> I know who you Look, are. Just because like, I'm a white guy so... who lives in San Francisco and wears glasses like this doesn't mean I'm necessarily into all the anime. No, I, I know what Nerdo is, but I don't know enough about it. If you ever say, by the way, Conscious Moss is a man again, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Amon knows awesome. who I am. Yeah, so I don't know why Amon is asking Ignore that. Ignore that him. Weird. Amon is wiling out over here, but no. uh, but yeah, no, zero HP is right. That the pods is more of a joke. Like people aren't taking seriously the idea that there is going to be, you know, this great reset thing where they're going to force everybody in the pods. But the concern, I think, it's, I don't know, like wh- how we're would getting, you narrow down? 
Well, let, I think it's you're. A symbol. you're I, I it's think just you're. A symbol. Hey, Remus is back. There we go. Hey, Remus. Yeah, hello. You're getting too yeah. caught up on the specific of living in the pods. It's like it, it's. It, it, I know that, that's what I'm saying to ignore it. That's what I'm saying to ignore it. Okay. What is yeah, what is the nitty-gritty behind that symbol? That's what I'm. It's it's being so crushed by they've they've crushed you into the smallest space possible, eating fucking bugs. That's yeah, the you idea. You have to let them to do that. You have to like let them exactly, do exactly. And, I don't think this is like an impossibility or a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. That's the point. I don't know. The what point is, of it what is, is everyone so obsessed with defeatism? I don't know. I see a lot of this, or it's just I can't do. Other recently, just from people online, it's like I can't do this. I can't do that. It's just why? Why not? Why not? I don't know. It's just it's like I can't work out. You know, I'm gonna work out soon because it's oh. because it's easier because it's easier. Yeah, the, that's why. The the, so. the question is it's not easier. It's not easier. It's actually harder for me anyway to like say. To be lazy than it is to do something. I don't know. You have to make well, a choice well, to be lazy. It well, hurts ear, to be lazy. Earplug well, joining us on D Live. He has the comment of this generation will die and will leave nothing of value whatsoever. I think that is another thing that people are thinking about where it's like they're looking at all these giants that have come before us as far as all the innovations. And look, I'm sure that if I look at the Nobel, Nobel Prize winners, I would find a lot of geniuses when it comes to what they've been able to contribute. So in no way am I saying that well, Airplug is that correct. Far. Well, I got to see. But you don't know until you so see. ridiculous. Like, if you look at it, I think that anxiety comes from the fact that we live in a gerontocracy. Everyone who we see who's visibly powerful, and I, I actually don't dislike baby boomers, but they're all boomers. They're all very, very old. All of the head politicians are borderline senile. All of the wealthiest people, the billionaires and so on, that we see, we see a lot of very old people with all of the power. So it's easy to feel like our generation does nothing or will do nothing because we but have But we nothing. could all beat them those in people will, Well, sure. Those people will die. And you will have a chance to make your mark on the world. It's just the world moves much slower than the internet. So we, we have this mismatch between, you know, a three-day news cycle and a multi-decade outlook on actually having an impact in the world. So uh, something, or, 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 or go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I think there's, if I, if I may, I think sure. there's something to what Ewan just said, which is, you know, I can beat him in an arm wrestling or whatever you said, right? That, that's what you yeah, said, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I think there's something to that. Um, I, I think, I think there's, these people, you know, quote unquote, they rule you. They do, right? They do. They're they're they making don't. ungodly amounts of money. They're doing all those things. Yeah, money right? doesn't matter. I think no, it's, so it, yeah, I I I I don't know. I kind of laugh in a way. Maybe it's a cope, but there's the, the idea to me that these people are, um, you know, they're they're in control of these vast amounts of wealth. They can, you know, they can dictate large amounts of societies. Uh, you know, curriculums, things like that. You know, I mean, they, they can influence on on great scale, but like they're all just feeble men who are like ultimately look extremely impotent and weak. And you look like if you if you if you wanted, you could rip their arms off their body. Mm. And to me, that just makes me like 
I don't know. Maybe there's something <laughs> cathartic about that. Like, let's, I'm just let's like, not yeah, be like, if, I, now, if I slapped you, I don't want to rip die. anyone's arms off of anyone's body. I, I, I don't either, Jesus. but uh, I wouldn't be to put them I hate them. But you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just, they're made of paper. And I sure, don't, but I mean, challenge your to an arm wrestling match. It's, it's not going to happen, right? And if it does and you win, so what? Uh, like, it doesn't mean it, anything. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, we it live doesn't in a matter, reverse ultimately. dominance hierarchy where, like, masses of people control. But if you're strong, it doesn't matter. Because, I know. Yes, it you does. know, four old men could still take you down. Like, look, I lift weights. I oh, like to be, be strong. That would be I like very, to be healthy. That would be very difficult for them. But, but okay, I, I understand what you mean. I know what you take, mean. Tw- ten how, kids could how, how many old men does it take, take to beat you in a fight? Right? I get what you're saying. Like, that's I get what that's you're funny, saying. but it's ludicrous. You know? Uh, I guarantee you, five, sixty-year-old men care at you. No, it's gonna be like you the Matrix. Probably hurt one or two. You've seen the Matrix. You've seen <laughs> the Matrix. It's that scene where all of them come at yes, me. Yes, that's a movie You've seen about. That's what's you mean the movie about me. coming out as transsexual? Yes, I've seen the movie about. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't really like the Matrix. Wait, 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 can you describe that? Hold on, I don't want to pass that by. Can you describe what exactly is? And I know that they were uh, uh, came out uh, later on as transsexual, but uh, what was it in the movie it itself that that led to that? I mean, okay, you could come up with multiple interpretations. There's the Pomo idea of the death of the author. But look at this movie objectively. Uh, it's a movie about a man who's inducted into a secret world where nothing is as they seem. There's like this square world, this straight world, and then he takes a pill, and suddenly everything's different, and he goes from this world of sort of grays and whites into a world where everyone is, shall we say, more colorful. It's it's clearly a metaphor for a transition, like I, the red pill is a hormone replacement pill. Yeah, I've never heard that either. Interesting. Mm, that's crazy. I've heard that before. No, but uh, the strange thing though to me is that I I see it as the opposite. The world that Neo went into was not colorful. It was actually like very bleak, and you know, with all these machines and uh, tones. While the girl in the red dress that he saw in the Matrix. Or no, no, what I was state, being raped. Ah, well, I, I don't I don't know what to say to that. I am a, I, I am against all racism, yada yada yada. But anyway, um, would there be any other thing as far as uh, the transition goes in the Matrix? I mean, I think it's just a question of reading. You can look at it. You can look at the people who wrote it. There's a really good article on Vice, which was taken down, but it's on the Wayback Machine about the personal journey of the Wachowski siblings. Uh, it's a good five or six article, really lurid, all about their dominatrix. And I think if you accept the idea that all theory is autobiography, there's there's just no way to escape this conclusion. Like, yes, there are a lot of Baudrillardian themes to it, but ultimately, The Matrix, if you look at its aesthetic, you have to read it as a gender allegory. I, mean, I hate to be super to be boring, videos. like citation nerd person here, but literally the directors agree with zero. Like Lily Wachowski, there's an article I dropped in the chat. It's like, mm, yeah, we yeah, intended they, it that they, way. They, they, say, it, it they wanted to like have a trans character. They didn't say this for a long time. It was yeah. very recently that they said this, that, that, that it was a trans allegory the whole time. Everyone thought it was just some brain in a vat type idea, but it was actually that in retrospect. Like, so now it's just in red. 
they're gonna just sort of erase the whole. Okay, here's the funniest thing about the the fucking. I mean, there could be many different meanings, but the funny thing with the yeah, I agree. This like trans thing, if this is true, which I kind of agree with, right? Is all the people who are taking the red pill, right? The red pill, they're basically taking estrogen. Like that's like that's what I see it as. I just see the whole red pill thing as ridiculous. When they take the red pill, you know, go into the matrix world. They're taking fucking transgender estrogen pills. There you go. Is that why everything feels fake and gay? <laughs> that's why. That's why everyone. That's why all these red pill people are so fucking stupid. wimps. You have to take yeah, the ascend. You don't take pills, it. man. You don't take the pills. You just. That is the great irony of that is the great irony of the red pill movement. They like the. I've written about this on Twitter actually. The club for he-man woman haters is using a transgender allegory for becoming a woman. It's great. You couldn't make this up. <laughs> well, the, the Manosphere was never known for their stunning intelligence. So the Manosphere <laughs> loves Fight Club, but the author of Fight, like the original book in Fight Club, is like super gay. Like, like the, the Edward Norton's character in the actual book is like has. Like it has the hots for like actually. Well, that's because Chuck Palahniuk right. himself is very gay. Right, but then Fight Club has become was like in the manosphere, right? It's like yeah. you know, Tyler well, during Fight Club, the... and it's like yeah, but well, these people needs to quit relying on Hollywood for their look, for their influence. No, but it happens these... with the Nazis too. I mean, think of the SA troops. You know, before the uh, what was it, the uh, Night of the Long Knives? You know, many of them were uh, openly homosexual. And also, I don't remember uh, Zero, I don't know if you noticed, there was this article I read about these German youth gangs that were around during the Weimar Republic period that had all kinds of, you know, very, you know, uh, you know, very scandalous uh, initiation rituals. And, uh, you know, like, there was a lot of banging to be had. And eventually they were the ones who were making up a lot of Hitler's uh, uh, shock troops at the very beginning of his, uh, you know... Um, claim to power so i wouldn't say these things yes, are that separated. familiar with this account it's I will, interesting I you know article. you, you can, I, i'm familiar with the, the pardon the pun the broad strokes mm. of this narrative but uh it's interesting you can find a lot of sort of uh homosexual behavior in male initiation rights even among uh, like in, in a lot of contexts whether it's in fraternity hazing, or if you read Stone like uh, various anthro uh, anthropological accounts of like tribes in the South America, they make the boy you know fillet one of the elders of the tribe before he can become a man. And these are people who are otherwise quite heterosexual, uh, you know, expected to be heterosexual to to raise a family and have a life and all that. So it's interesting to sort of see. I don't have a thesis around this, but it's interesting how you find homosexual behavior in male initiation rights, even when homosexuality isn't the modern norm in society. I think people maybe read too much into that as far as what should be normative. Uh, like you can find an isolated instance uh, in in a in a particular context of homosexuality in a culture, and from that you derive this idea that oh, everyone should just be gay all the time. Uh, no, I don't think it follows. But it but it is also interesting to compare that and to compare, let's say, somebody like Socrates, 
who was back in the day fighting in the, what was it, the Peloponnesian War. You know, he had some high military rank. I'm not sure I don't remember right now. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong about that. But the idea here is that homosexuality has always been, um, you know, very much present within, you know, these military, you know, these tough military circles. And it's very different than kind of like the queer eye for the straight guy image of homosexuality that's been broadcast through uh, popular culture or through like, you know, pride parades, things like that. So I wonder, like, um, what do you think is going on there? And uh, I find it to be similar to, like, having people on Twitter. Let's say I was looking at different Twitter profiles, and I found this one woman who was, like, she was a professional in one industry or another. And uh, her her bio wrote, I make stuff. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I'm so quirky. You know, I make stuff. There was something about that to me that's, like, a little bit infantile. And I kind of see that infantile nature, this kind of maybe it's like a playful infantile nature among a lot of culture that's uh, being broadcast today, as opposed to more of this, you know, uh, more of a fiery type of culture. She's just that, shit at being yeah. creative. She doesn't like imagine that being your bio. You're a writer. You're an artist. You're a musician. And all you can say about yourself is like, I make stuff. I make fucking lose them. But. I want to talk about the homo, the homo stuff. Now well, it's also this. Sorry, can I just oh. say something? Yeah, we can about talk about the homo stuff. We can talk about the homo stuff <laughs> oh in just one God. second. I was just going to make a quick comment about how it's like the same type of people who use the language like adulting. Oh yeah, yeah of right. course. Of course. Yeah, that was just a small comment I was going to say. Oh. We can talk about the homo stuff now. <laughs> no, I think it's funny, right? Is that you know, there's this big push. Well, I don't, I don't say big push, but there's certainly more stuff around. You know, gay pride and all that than there there has been in the past. Am I right in saying that? Or does that sound too wrong? Would you say? Boy. Would you agree with that? No, I'll, a lot say, of... I'll say you understated. Yeah, well, understated, sure. But the funny honestly, thing is, well, I, 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 there is, but I think honestly, uh, homosexuality is now being, uh, let's say, overtaken by I would say trans issues. To be honest, I think it's getting well, overshadowed. Well, okay, but there's still, you know, a push in no, some No, de definitely, regards. definitely. But it's funny because men are taking less and less care of their bodies every day. And I don't, like, how can you be attracted to, like, at least with, like, women, I feel. Like, a men can be attracted to, like, mm. women more than they can men. Like, even though, the, at least a men. But, like, why the, why is there, like, so, I don't really understand how there's more, like, progressive gay stuff. But then men's bodies are, like... I don't no, know, but but, it, but is that really the case? Like, like Armand, you you live in San Francisco, and from what I understand, like in the gay culture of like uh, Los Angeles or San Francisco, there is an emphasis on building up the male body. You know, being like a you know strong and hunky and all that kind of stuff. Would I mean, the Castro is like the highest concentration of gyms I've ever seen. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so see that that part is still there, but as far as more of like the which I also consider to be kind of like a history, both in the Castro district and other places, of this more of like a jester-like playfulness that I was talking about. My whole thing is not so much a criticism of that, as opposed to it almost seems like our entire culture has become an aspect of that as well, just in terms of you know, not really being, you know, because if you compare that to, like, somebody like Socrates, for example, you know, Socrates has interesting things to say as opposed to more of just, like, bright colors and flashy stuff, which, you know, it's always going to be present in various different cultures. But it almost seems like that is the thing that's 
kind of taken over the dominant uh, culture today of what we're about. So I don't know. It may be a generalization. I'm not saying that that is the dominant culture, but I'm just saying like there is an aspect of it that I see within the culture. It's like Yas Queen Slay, you know that that kind of stuff. Died. Socrates deserved the hemlock, but <laughs> I but think. You, but you but you see what I'm getting right. at, right? Like this yes, this but, is also but, something. What you're saying is correct. There there is certainly a trend towards infantilization. And uh, we see it in a lot of different domains. And I think transsexuality is actually an even more strong example of that. What you see is both men and women who sort of want to abdicate the, uh, the duties of their gender, if you like, or the obligations. Girls who don't want to grow into womanhood, so they think, oh, I'll become a boy. Or boys who don't want to grow into manhood, so they think, oh, I'll become a girl. It feels much easier. You know, you don't see a lot of these, uh, a lot of MTFs, they aren't trying to become women. They're trying to become girls. <laughs> it's much the same. But how is it any, uh, I, how do these people, like, I don't these, know. These girls well, 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 hold on. I, I really, I really um, want to get get Amon's take on this because you're living in San Francisco. You're much more familiar with the culture, so I, uh, I, I don't want all of us to be talking here, you know, and not letting you. Uh, and yeah, also, we uh, have T. A. Jackson joining us, and I would love to hear from yeah, him as well after uh, after you. Okay, the, sure. Uh, um, the whole like it's a little funny because the whole like San Francisco's the gays. Like, I feel like that's a little bit ten years ago. Like at this point, yeah. and they're gay people everywhere it's not um no it's not about gay people we're yeah yeah i know about like the flashy you know yeah yeah uh, like um i i think there was exactly one good segment on the daily show i liked and it was making fun of like a bunch of san francisco gays in a pride parade wondering how come somehow they're less gay than than random fucking office workers now <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, also they're, welcome they're, they're, they're to guys, a <laughs> Sorry, what? I said, welcome, TA. It's good to see hey. you, bud. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, was I, was, say... I was a bit late because I am visiting with my family and it got extended mm. due to one of them catching COVID and now we're stuck oh. here and th there was stuff we were doing today. So are, are they feeling all I right? Are they, are they better? Uh, like, my, my cousin got COVID because he works oh, as a security guard at a testing center for, like, COVID stuff and he's... Yes. He's basically fine. Like, on, honestly, he also has kidney stones right now, and he says that that's the more annoying part. <laughs> well, I, I wish him all the best. I mean, this is, uh, you know, people can really uh, suffer through this thing, so I uh, ho ho hope he gets better very soon. But, but anyway, yeah, to, to I don't believe the whole, uh, it, it's easier to become a woman. There must be some other mindset to it. I don't believe they think it's what? easier to become well, a woman. Wait, like, hold on. I, ju I just I know that I think that Armand was in the middle of uh, like a yes. sentence yeah and I just wanted to because I would completely forget the topic he was on and I just wanted him to finish before I forgot it oh thank you yes um she's so nice right oh I, I was actually <laughs> the irony is I was gonna say that, that Conscious Moss had gotten cut off earlier and I wanted to hear what she had to say. She had to you guys have 100% forgot it by now, so don't even think about me. <laughs> I That was what I was going to say, so we're really just stuck in a loop here. So how about okay. Jackson? And you both did it to interrupt. You're, yeah. like, you're like Canadian. Yeah, because fuck you, know? you. Oh, God. 
you see, you see, are they human? Yeah, are they actually? Let me know. Are they human? Are they? No. So let Armin finish talking about the game. No, human. Go, Armin. Go, Armin. I don't have anything else to add about the case. I just thought it was funny. It, like everyone thinks San Francisco is just like teeming with endless pride parades every day, and well, it's just I think like that... no, I'm no, they're too. I know many gay people. Home. They like yeah, they no, some like, of them. He... They're programmers, or they're like we're they're yeah. I don't know. It's 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 yeah, such a, like, it, it feels very much like a a thing that was like more of a spectacle even socially ten years ago. Now it's just hmm. like. No, but yeah, the reason why I'm saying I mean, Airbnb is, is at Gate Pride, okay? Like the biggest yeah. pride. It is Airbnb and Wells Fargo. It's actually one of my gay friends actually told me when we went to Pride. He's like, pride. pride he's like, Pride is. Well, this actually, adds that he's like, Pride is like one of the least gay things I go to every year, and I'm very gay. <laughs> I mean, it's super gay, yes. just not in the homosexual way. <laughs> you yeah. can follow, by the way, woke, woke capital. On Twitter, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's all similar. Ar- 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 Armand, that's have you what seen I was say... Oh, I have not. I don't know. I will. I will send it in the chat over here so that you could take a look. And uh, it is kind of making fun of this whole, uh, you know, wokeness that's going on right now. But again, I think it's kind of a beat horse where we all recognize that this is going on. But the reason why I still wanted to focus on that a bit, and again, to what I was saying before, you are absolutely right, Armand. This issue is a 10-year-old, if not older, thing, and everybody is over it. But my point is more about when certain flashy things have kind of like gone through the mainstream culture... It reminds me of this comic by, uh, and I think that there were elements of this, like with the dandies of, uh, what was it, of England, you know, used to have these very flashily, uh, you know, where Caesar was a dandy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's always been an element of that within the culture. But what I was talking earlier about, how how do we like, how do we balance? Well, see, that's an interesting point, too, because Caesar was somebody who knew things about warfare, which I cannot say for the average programmer. And I'm not saying that all programmers should learn the sword and shield. But at the same time, where could we find a good balance here between regardless of whether you're gay or not gay, whatever, that's besides the point. Regardless of that, it reminds me of this comic. You say that, Lev. What? You say that, but I'd like to see a soldier design a scalable enterprise solution. Good, good, good point. Touche. And uh, I think there's bigger problems than that, to be honest. You know, like we used to we used to make engineers who knew how to build things. Then we made economists who didn't know how to build things. And now we make consultants who don't even know things. You know, but it's like... related. I, I understand what you're saying, but it's absolutely related to what I'm saying. Because, again, like it's such an old cliche among these uh, streams because it's something that people said before. But it's this old cycle of history thing where the way that it goes, you know, like uh, uh, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, <laughs> weak men make bad times, bad times make strong men. And I'm not saying that history works like that, but there are elements that we could see just in general, like 
if if things become too comf comfy for people then there's not as much pressure for them to fight against and we find that even in like physical health of like a lot of programmers you know i know programmers who sit on their computer you know just slouched out like this like igor from frankenstein and they don't incorporate you know very useful things into their life just to make them breathe better to make them feel better and it does i think affect the brain in the long term as well and that's another thing why i think people are concerned about the bugmanization of uh, society the i don't want to eat the bugs i don't want to live in the pods type thing because they do perceive whether they're right or wrong they perceive a general weakness in society and i think within themselves i think it also is about perceiving the weakness within you and wanting to be better wanting to be stronger did someone because i have a vague sense of it because i've read my small blog and i like can pick up from the chat and so on but i actually haven't gotten a coherent like definition of like this whole what what do you think this pod man bug eating culture is that you're responding to like what what is the criticism I, honestly generally have I, you I don't read, uh, spake, no. have you read thus speak zarathustra uh no i have not you're gonna say the last man is that what you're gonna say so I, I, I haven't even read it yes yeah the, the, the definition of the last man is exactly the same as a bug man yeah, and it's the same critique it, it it's basically a way to explain the concept to normal people and and speaking of like Mencius Moldbug he he tried to like a lot of his work is basically doing the same thing for other people besides uh Nietzsche so like he's talking about in one of his gray mirror articles I forget which one about how like about how the the ideal thing we need to do is remodel society in accordance with the human flourishing, but he doesn't say it like that because normal people don't under wouldn't understand what the fuck that means. So he says, okay, so when people are given free time and ability to make their own societies and MMOs, all things being equal, they prefer to go around on quests to slay dragons. How can we make normal society more like that? And that is, and that's basically. I love yeah, so that's basically the opposite of the Bugman thing. The Bugman, the Bugman wants his life to be comfortable and pleasant and uh, predictable. So, like, the, uh, is, the, the epitome the... of the, the Bugman would probably be, like, assuming you actually can drive, unlike people like me with visual disabilities, um... The pinnacle of being a bug man would be like ordering food off DoorDash instead of going out the door to get it yourself. It's just a minor thing, but it it has. You know the pictures the of all the guys massive. with their mouths gaping open. Yes, those yes. are bug men. Can can I put this in a in a bit of a slightly different way, just to just to kind of condense it down? The there. The, a major critique in there is that this culture of um, consumption and 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 you know you know consumerism is that it robs you of of greater purpose and greater being in 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 ways that really reduce you to to basically nothing of, of worth anyway. And the bug man is defined by the fact that he not only accepts that. But the, he thinks it's a positive good. Like, what was yeah. the famous Rick and Morty it, thing? It's, uh, it, Life it's hedonism, doesn't matter. Basically. No one belongs everywhere, anywhere. Just sit down and watch TV. And that's 
the positive moral of that episode. Yeah, I and mean, if, it's hedonism. If you think that's well, to be moral, fair, to be fair, you have to have story. To, you're a bug man. Yes, you, you know what I'm going to say. To to be fair, you have to have a you know certain high intellect to uh, uh, be into Rick and Morty. So, but so here's just, the thing. Watch with, yourself here. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing with the whole bug man stuff, or like soy boy, whatever word you want to call wheat, beta male, whatever word you want to use. There's plenty of words. No, those those are different concepts. No, um, they're basically the same. thing. That makes it the same thing. Uh, but, well, at least to me. But the thing the is... The differences they, matter. The, the differences matter, but sure, it's the same archetype of weak man who doesn't do what, you know, like, yeah. isn't the warrior yeah. or bloody bad. You're not Indiana is, Jones. Oh, and re yeah. real quick, by the way, speaking of weak men, I do not want to be a weak man. This is why I did P90X shoulders and arms today and then did ab <laughs> But here's what I here's what I propose. I am going to do So, uh, single ladies in the chat left well, hold on, hold on, eligible hold on. bachelor. This is not even about the single ladies right now. What this is about is... He can lift is, you up I want all you, night I long. want you to bet money over here how many calf raises you think I can do in the stream. This is a standing desk. So I will do calf raises on the stream. So just tell me how much you think I can do. And if I can do those, then you'll pay us money. Then you'll send us super chats because we need the super Genius. chats. We got to grow. Lev trying so to get people go. into so, gambling. So, Lev, so, so we were talking about homoeroticism, and now you're going to be bouncing up and down on stream. <laughs> so are we really, talking man? the ladies or the men in the chat? Lev, they I'm warned not. you. You bring, you bring one liberal on the chat and it just goes off the rails becomes homoerotic cap raises like, to be fair you've been the most stable person on here today. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not in argument but in personality yeah but here's the thing of like the the weak man as it were or like the beta you know the the bug man is the thing that I'm going to be focused but they actually Weakness. have like quite isn't what being a bug man's about but go ahead well no but i'm saying it's like the whole Bugman thing, they have a, I know, but they have a lot of energy, and this is the problem. They could be doing it for like lots of different things. They could have like a purpose that means something. But rather than directing their energy towards some use of it's all about directing their energy towards like hedonism. But what would, what is the difference that's stopping them from becoming a warrior? I really don't know what it is. There's not much, but that gap seems so large, but it could be so little. It's like, well, again, I don't know. Like the, the problem I, is not that they've answer? failed, it's that they've succeeded, and the horror is this is what they genuinely want to do with their yeah. lives. Yeah, that, that's, that's the what point, separates that them from, like, um, uh, the quote unquote fail son or whatever. But in some, in some regards, maybe it's like good to have those kinds of people in society, not because they're actually good, but it's like more as like a hopefully, eventually, people kind of see that as a just like bopping up and down see that as like a distraction these are the people that you don't want to become and there'll be like plenty of case study well not case study but you know what i mean like something less gay sounding than that but I mean, uh, absence, lots of examples to to stay away from like the kind of well i mean absent an actual war i guess like what would you define as like not like let's say this all sounds like a typical i guess like sf programmer right like they go to the office is Code all day, their food's mm. catered, right? They go well, it's home. not just programming though, but it's like just general right, but, office sedentary work. But then I don't know right. what I can do to become what I want to be. But what would be, be a, a contrast? Contrast to that, like how do you? I do. You, I, say, yeah. you got a good so, point. But it's like a soldier or something. So not even a soldier necessarily. A trade, literally no, a trade. Just like a, a trade. life. At, yeah. So the opposite of. Uh, 
of a, the last man, of course, in Nietzsche is his mm. Ubermensch. So the Ubermensch is someone who uh, creates uh, new values and uh, and uh, and enforces them on society rather than someone who is passively basically being a human vegetable and likes it that mm. way. Now, obviously, since Nietzsche is an aristocratic radical, he doesn't... Uh, it's, by definition, the vast majority of people cannot be an ubermensch. So what we're talking mm -hmm. here is more about a scale. And on this scale, what that means is someone who lives a life that is... Uh, that is uh, is less like being a bug man. And like we said, what a bug man is here is someone who is comfortable, who with, views pleasure as a, the highest goal, who likes everything being, being monotonous uh, is because, comfortably numb. because their comfortably monotony numb. is pleasure. Yes, comfortably numb. So the opposite uh, yeah, of that... Do you know what probably, I think of when I think it, of this? It, it, I know this, this is like a dumb fucking Spongebob reference, but it's like, there's the thing with Squidward, and he's like, I know this is such a bad reference already, but it's where he's like going on this daily, daily monotonous routine where he just keeps going, keeps going. And he gets the canned bread and shit like that. And it's just, it's that well, cycle. Well, that's what I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the, the I, problem yeah. is like, I haven't watched SpongeBob for like a decade since I was a kid. But I think the problem with that is that I don't remember him actually enjoy liking his life. He kind of. Is... I know, but that's the only difference. The but everyone else i'm yeah. thinking of everyone else there they're the ones that are enjoying it that's what like you know i think of. yeah I like, the bug man is the is the one who's who's fine with this who the, who like is genuinely okay and and thinks it's positive that like instead of the bible or like the iliad we have fucking the marvel cinematic universe he mm. thinks that so, that's progress so, ta i i want to actually um expand so like one of the things that's interesting and i don't know if anyone else has read charles taylor but he wrote a book called sources of the self and when he looked at basically it's trying to look through history and pinpoint what are the core values or ideas that shape what you could call modernity and one of those three because he, he identifies three of them and one of them is what he calls the affirmation of ordinary life and the idea is, is that through the medieval era and the Reformation, you had kind of this revolt where people were like, why, you know, why should I have to live this higher life uh, of, of, you know, being a saint or whatever? Like the yes. ordinary life of family and production is the most, you know, that is, that is, that is well, fine. You saw that, a trans that's been a bit obsoleted. We're, we're far yeah. beyond production and no, no, family so, so now. What I, what I, what I mean, much less than that. No, no, no. I, I know, Tia. But what I mean is that when, when we look at kind of the bug man perspective, we see what I was mentioning before about a good being taken out of balance is we see kind of like, I don't want to do anything, you know? I don't want to see the dragons. Yes, I, don't, yes, I, don't, I don't want any of that work. to be there. And so look, you see kind of this hyper modernism um, that's emerged. And, and I think it's quite clear that it's not a good thing. Um, right. Like, you know, to, we're going to abolish work to... and it's all going to be play or some yeah. other. Yeah. Well, we well, saw no, examples of that on the uh, no, 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 not, not even that. That, that, at least, that belongs to an older, 
model of uh, uh, what's of like a socialism that was more respectable. No, no, no. Instead of like instead of back then, they're saying like once we've abolished alienation, like working, what we call now work will be fun because we'll be in control of our no. What we have now is the idea that we won't even do that. We'll have everything will be fully automated luxury communism, like machines will do society. all the work, and you'll just like sit there being the humans in the movie Wally, and you'll yeah. like it. Yes. Exactly. That's good. Well, we see examples of that in the furry community when we had the furry stream. I know I'm bringing it up again, <laughs> but the people. God damn it, but, Lev. <laughs> but the uh, the attitude of uh, some of the people there, not all, like the boomer uh, furry who was there, or I think they're called. Uh, uh, hold on, gray muzzles. I think that's the word for uh, oh older God. furries. But anyway, there was this one gentleman there who whose life was in a hug box where when we said anything that was in any point slightly offensive, and I don't even think it was. Like, I, I remember that stream. There wasn't really anything like that. He just left. We were like, he just had a... hey, man, how come even... furries have so much weird, creepy shit? And he was just like, nope, and he just left. That's how. That's well, he actually just leave. Well, hold on, hold on. Jesus. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he, well, even <laughs> even beyond that, to me, this was the it more clarifying rude, point on. Just... Yeah, for oh. me, this was the clarifying point in the matter. It was that um, Geo was, you know, asking them like, you know, ba basically, in what way does this add value to your life? He was, he was trying to make this a point about like maybe there's like a spiritual value, maybe there's some level of animism here maybe it's it's like some extra thing and basically their response back to him and i'm, I'm gonna be I w i'm not gonna say uncharitable but i'm gonna condense it down here they, they basically said no it's just a fetish in other words and, th and that they should be free to enjoy their fetish and, and geo was trying to see if there was like all any of this like extra value to to extract from it or if they got like any spiritual like fulfillment out of it and they basically just kept telling you guys no it's a fetish to me, that was the most like most you know glaring thing. Isn't yeah. there? Wasn't there the uh, that? Uh, I think it it went. Uh, I won't say viral, but it was kind of popular. The the photos of like Mishima doing the there are no noble causes left anymore. That speech. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's like... that's what people mean by dragons. Is like like what like what am I gonna, what am I gonna die for? You know, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I can die for my family. Like I take a bullet for them, but you know, but you, like, you won't what have else is to there? because everyone's so comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so this is what I was getting at when I say, if we scale down uh, the absolute extremes between like um, uh, the worst sort of furry last men stuff and the Nietzschean Ubermensch, um, uh, we can uh, we can talk about uh, we can talk about varying degrees. And one example of things becoming more bugified, I like I'm not really pro capitalist, I suppose, but like the fact that uh, we have less entrepreneurs every year because the entrepreneur is at least in theory someone who is not looking to live a comfortable, uh, boringly pleasant life. No, but that, so no, I wouldn't agree. That's with an that. example of one social role. I feel like the entrepreneur, especially nowadays, they they're wanting a bit of discomfort because they're like valuing. Okay, I go for a bit of discomfort now, and then I get the ooh, we're gonna have the jacuzzi. They're gonna have this now. I get to be comfortable for the rest of my life. They're just seeing it in a different regard. I don't see that as any real. 
I just I, see I don't that like, model. I don't really the thing that, is though. that they accept risk at all, whereas the bug yeah. man hates that completely. I guess so. I don't what know. does Armand think? Armand, what do you like think? It's weird talking with Bugman. I think, yeah. I guess one thing I could offer y'all from, uh, you know, different political perspective is the, the idea of like slaying dragons, doing something more meaningful, um, risking your life or something. Like the places in my life I found it as actually like when I've been on the streets, like, you know, getting clashing with, I never started it to be clear, but police beat the shit out of protesters and we're like pushing back, like, or fighting for Medicare for like, people so they don't die because they don't have health insurance I know those are, or like organizing for communities of um, immigrant workers so they're not deported like putting my body on the line so people I love and care about they'll get deported I, like, I know those causes are very different but like it is true like that's where I found the most meaning in my life is like fighting for things I believe in and for causes that are bigger than myself yeah yeah right like that's 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 so you're saying that we fun. should become Okay. Yeah, well, the, the problem with well, that is that, that like, uh, there's really no, no actual risk in that, as we've seen abundantly over the last well, summer. You need, you need to do right-wing protests well, in order well, well, to really get the system after you. But I mean, I, I did get tear gas and had the crap beaten out of me by it, so a little bit of risk, to, but fair. To, <laughs> but uh, that, the important that, thing there... That... Well, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, like, even even that aside, right, like, even if, you know, to us, it seems like it, whatever, whatever disproportionate way we're seeing it, right, and I, I, I agree with you, TA, but the, the point is, like, yeah, he is experiencing something that is, like, you know, a fight. It's it's something that he feels is worth fighting over. I think that's that's noble in, in one sense. But I think it's good. My, my question, my question yeah, well, my, my question is, like, is that specifically, is that where we should be finding our fight and finding our meaning? Or is there other areas where it would be better served? Is, is, mm. is, the, is the point of living here to fight for these things that the government should already be giving us from your perspective? Or should we be fulfilling a, a deeper purpose in, in another area? Wh which one I mean, is the one we should be well, doing? Well, I mean, this if, is if where our, just to be clear... You fundamentally be clear. believe in permanent insurrection oh, well, as I'm a positive. If I could just, yeah, clarify, like the way, you know, I don't want to get into it too much because I think this is just where we fundamentally would see the world differently. But like, yeah. from my view, um, it's not that we are saying government should give us these things. It is that like wage labor is a form of extraction that corporations okay. are taking this shit from us. Um, and right. so when I'm fighting for that, like, like when I'm fighting for immigrants to like not get deported is because I think like you have a right, like all humans have a right to um, migrate and so on. Right. Like, so. Um, no, no, I, not, I, I, but, but, so, but so I don't think I'm like fighting for people to give me shit. I'm fighting for what I think is their natural right. That has been, no, I, our natural right to, that's been stolen. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I'm not saying to give you stuff. I'm saying like, let's say from your perspective should, should already be a thing. Right. Yeah. I'm saying you, you're you're finding value. You're finding meaning. You're finding this in fighting for something that you think should already be a thing. I'm saying, is that where you should find purpose in your life, like as a default? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, one way to sort of extricate this from any of the ideology is like I think it's probably true that you know actually the way y'all talked about it was interesting. Of like, when you read the stories of the 9/11 hijackers. 
Um, mm -hmm. None of them were poor, right? They were actually all like super rich Saudis who were bored as shit with their lives. Um, very well educated. No sense of meaning, yeah. very well educated, had no real prospects for the future because if you're in Saudi, like royalty, like there's no mobility. You're right? calling like, the 9 11 hijackers the Ubermensch. <laughs> That's what it well, sounds so, like. Well, the thing is, in a way, I know what Armand's saying. Listen to it. Yeah, like, sorry, for, yeah, sorry, but, so they wanted to fight to give, like, if you think about it, for, like a the, the bug man from their perspective would be like, your life is great. You've got everything you possibly ever want. There's no risk for you. Just chill. But they, needed a like felt the need to have a greater cause and meaning in their life it's a cause that i think is evil and horrible right but like the jihad and so on was for them like it's not like these were like desperate people fighting to survive these were bored rich kids who did not want to be bug men essentially and needed that, a dragon that's to what fight. Happens, i thought that though. was wrong no, what? no, no, but that's what always happens. That What you described right now, Armand, that is the entire history of any kind of movement. Think of Marx. Think of uh, Lenin. Think of Trotsky. These were not poor people. These were not people who were raised, you know, like in a, like a small, you know, like a, a small little village without access to books. You know, like these were people who were raised as the gentlemen of their time who knew all that there is to know about what the latest trends were. More importantly, person, Lev, but, you know. why did you stop doing calf raisers? Because I got 400, <laughs> and 400 is going to be the limit today. I wanted to do to, to 1,000. Spoken like a true bug man. I know. <laughs> a bug man I know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to feel that tomorrow. Can I expand on what Armand is saying a little bit sure. as well? Because I think it. so. Dostoevsky, um, Taylor argues that Dostoevsky is actually like the best that, that underneath, you know, the, the world sucks that Dostoevsky is like the best explainer of the spiritual reasoning behind terrorism, which is this idea that like, when you reject the world, like, like these, you know, in, in Dostoevsky, you've got a lot of characters who are really noble. You know, they're, they're so they're like, oh my God, the world is suffering so much. This sucks. But the point that Dostoevsky makes ultimately is that if you reject the world as being evil, that will only lead to more evil out there. Like you have to, you have to embrace the world um, with with love. And and so the problem is that when you reject the world, frequently it's like I'm oh I'm I'm right and the world is wrong. And if I'm supposed to be good, obviously I should make their you know, there needs to be more good stuff out there. Um, and so, so you wage war against it, you know, and that, that's really where the evil comes from. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that the problem is, is that what, what Armand is describing, you're going to start seeing it in America a lot more. I mean, we saw waves of this happen. We saw the anarchist violence. We saw the weather underground in the 60s and 70s. Like, you're going to see another wave of, disaffected disillusioned people and it's gonna it's not gonna necessarily come from the poor it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of rich kids who are gonna end up blowing something up um right because, because... they're just empty well, well have you heard of the red decade book by, it always is. Uh, eugene Lyons? okay well yeah well before i do and say anything else armand is leaving so i'd like him to yeah. to be oh, able to yes. say his final words um yeah my I was just gonna say goodbye. Like, thanks everybody. This was awesome. Totally Armand, you were amazing. I hope oh, you come back, you. man. I had yeah. fun talking yeah. with you. I hope you I really come back. It was really to nice you. to talk to you.
Absolutely. I'd love to, um, anytime you guys want to have me on, I'm happy to, to hop yeah. on by. You but seem to be forged thinking... by the flames of the chat, so that's... It's <laughs> <laughs> a good sign. You, yeah, you, you, you really, uh, you heard us out, which was nice. I appreciate that. I, I think you guys heard me out as well, so I really appreciate that. So um, super, super Chad move to just deal with the chat and you know <laughs> learn to love them, and that's wonderful. I mean, oh my god, was Aiden's a that was the best guest on this, and she like still gets annoyed at the chat. So I wouldn't worry if even if you get annoyed at the chat again, you'll be fine. I get annoyed. Yeah. Next time, should I? Do I have to get? Uh, I realize an anime AVI. I, I I'm surrounded <laughs> by them. Got, yeah, <laughs> I've got some good backups, man. I can send you one. Okay. Uh, All right, make sure it's, if you want to be super good though, it, make it backlog, uh, fucking backlog grappy, grappler back it. If you want to be a cool person, or JoJo, a has one of those two. Uh, JoJo, JoJo or grappler backy. If there's one of Got those it. two, then you'll be an excellent champ. There you go. Yeah. Right. You're gonna have to exactly. watch the whole series. I'll send you the links and tell me which one's okay. favorite. You have to do press right, ups I'll, as well. Body I'll watch it when it's now. When you get leave this, body weight exercises. No, not car phrases, press-ups, pull-ups. Body exercise. Got it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Take care. Take care. care. Thank you so much for coming in. And by the way, with the calf raises, guys, I did 400 fucking calf raises for you motherfuckers. You better pay up. I know that there was not a price agreed upon, but 400 is pretty fucking impressive for what was a meme answer of 1,000 calf raises. Are you fucking joking? I'm going to, no, 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 I am going to do 1,000. I'm going to get there because that's how committed I am. That's how much fire I have within my belly to do all this stuff for you. But you guys have to pay up. You got to pony up. So anyway, where the fuck is Gio? I want to see Giovanni Penichetti get here because here's what's going down with Patreon. Here's what's going, (laughs) don't say that. Uh, Here's what's going down with Patreon. That's a joke. I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on wood. This is about, this is about. In Minecraft. Here's what's going down with Patreon.com slash Break the Rules. Guys, we are running a very special offer for the next two weeks. And it is thus. We are looking for patrons to come in and be a part of this great community that we're building. But we need your help. And there is going to be something in for you as well. So here's how we're planning this out. Everybody, try to find people to become patrons. And we are aiming for the number of, uh, well, pretty much the highest number that you get. Whoever wins is going to become, uh, is going to get a $50 patron uh, present uh, give out. So all the perks that we have for the $50 patrons, you are also going to get it as a $50 patron uh, for a month. And the amount of people, since it's $50... I am aiming for it to be, let's say, uh, a minimum of 10 people. Now, as far, there, now as far as whether it's 10 total people that everybody kind of gets, because that covers the uh, $50 anyway, or whether it's 10 at a minimum, like uh, for each person, I want to ask the panel, what do you guys think? What do you think is the best approach as far as do we have a $10 minimum for the people for, for like each person or $10 as far as like if everybody gets enough people so that it equals $50, then the person with the most patrons uh, wins. You're basically asking us what is the most effective form of pyramid scheme. That's what yes, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think having a minimum, I don't know, you should have a minimum on a pyramid scheme. Hmm. <laughs> there shouldn't be anyone well, should... 
Uh, they should be able to donate your life savings to BTR. Because that means maybe I'll get some of it. So. Yeah, <laughs> not not not, exactly. not a bad idea. But basically, we are going we are going to be forming it uh, within today as far Let's as turn love into Jim what Jones. Yes, what, what exactly what exactly it's going to be. And right now, this is the stage of us pretty much asking you guys and seeing what format you would prefer it be in. But uh, either way, we are going to do this promotion. It's going to run. And you guys could already start, honestly, regardless of how Love, it goes. I'm going to be honest with you. Can I, yes. can I ask you something? Go I was it. very confused with your the way that you explained it. I'm not going to lie. I, I found it difficult to, to follow. That's because you I was doing the fucking really cap race. It isn't broken, thank fuck. That's because I was doing no, the calf raises and my mind is okay. So let me let me explain okay. again. Let me explain again. By the way, super chat for US dollars, Hero Alchemy. Thank you so much for the four hundred. <laughs> I appreciate it, my brother. Okay, so basically, we are asking people to find friends of theirs, to find contacts, introduce them to BTR, and have them become our patrons. We are looking for the most patrons. Whoever gets the most patrons. Uh, wins and how do we know so this? it's like refer a friend exactly it's refer a friend so how do we know this okay. they would have to write in in the uh, messaging uh so and so uh sent me so and so lev i have to i'm sorry i have to interrupt because this is a really good point someone made in the chat ask the patrons that that's like must be really important right they, the patrons yes. have to say on like how the patron thing should work right Re you should really ask them like because they're the ones that are yeah. paying for the privilege, so they exactly. they should be the ones who decide Absolutely. how the no, other members get yeah, in. Forget you know what I'm saying. saying. Ask patrons. Yeah, that yes, that is a good exactly. idea. So all the patrons that are watching this, and I know this is a conversation, so this was the idea of Jules's girlfriend, and I'm very grateful for her coming on, Jules's girlfriend, uh, into, our, uh, into our BTR community on Discord which you could also find if you go into the description or Discord link. So anyway, when we're thinking about doing this, uh, Ahmad Sadhu, who is a $50 patron of ours. Uh, Peter Faust as well. Peter Faust, yeah. same person. The great and powerful Don't say Ahmad that. Sadhu. Don't say that. That's supposed to be a secret. But anyway. Not ever. No. Reveal. But anyway, when it comes... Okay, when it comes to the conversation that he, Jules, Jules's girlfriend, and we were having... Where we are right now is that it is going to be who gets the most patrons is going to win. But we still want to keep the number within $50 as far as, like, at least we will end up getting a $50 total from the patronage. Uh, whether it's, like, you know, like, uh, two people bringing in $25 or whatever, this is still a number that we if want you, to get if to. If you build up to 50 you still it still counts. Yes. Well, yeah. well. See, not 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 necessarily, because if it's like building up to fifty, but not fifty, if it's like just a uh, twenty or twenty-five, mm -hmm. it may not be enough for this to be like the uh, for the long haul. So we may need to stretch it. But the point is that once we reach over fifty, whoever it is that gets the most patrons, they are going to then get a free fifty-dollar, um, you know, giving of the gifts that we give to the patrons. All the perks, all the gifts for a month. The giveaway. Wow. Okay. Exactly. That's cool. So, this is this is big. This is big. Big time. Exactly, yeah. it's big it's time. So 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 all you motherfuckers, listen up. This is your chance to become a free BTR patron for one month, fifty dollar tier. So you get all the perks, and this is what you get. You are going to get magnets. I am going into OBS. My 
legs are sore as fuck, but I don't care. Let me find where this thing is. I'm looking at all these little layers. Raises. Here we go. Yeah, 400 calf raises. Here we go. Look at these He's beautiful using those magnets. sore legs to go into it. Woo! Yeah, Look at these beautiful magnets. Leg. Maple, mahogany, ashwood, cherry. Oh. These are beautiful magnets, and you will get these. It's going to be random what you get, but they are very beautiful, and this is for um, $20. Oh, and I forgot to say, $5 patrons, you get access to the Percolator secret chat room inside of Discord, and also the other secret privileges that come with it that we cannot discuss right now. Anyway, $20 patrons, like I said before, they get these beautiful magnets, and $30 patrons are, in addition to the magnets, going to get this beautiful print from Geo. Earplug, goodbye, my friend. Become well, a patron as well. I really appreciate you being here on DLive. We got to get more people on DLive. So, guys, go to DLive.com slash break the rules right fucking now. I'm going to paste in the link one more time because we have to start expanding and we appreciate all of you. So, anyway, $50 patrons are going to get all of the above as well as... A geo painting in the Bob Ross style, very beautiful, very hey. nice painting. They're going to get uh, Jules's coloring uh, of a uh, Warhammer. I said it right this time because you're here. Well, right? he, he, he's gonna, he's gonna paint, he's gonna paint a model for you. Yes, paint, paint a model of your choice. Did he say of your cho of, of your choice? Is that what he said? I think it, I think it was of the patron's choice. Yes, I, I, within I think a selection, it be. probably. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and. Uh, Another thing you're going to get is a completely custom woodworking magnet. So you saw the magnets before. Whatever design you want, you want my dad to make definitely legit, he's going to make definitely legit. You want him to make myself, like myself's face, into a wooden magnet, he's going to do it. You want him to do like that? nightmarish. Yeah, yes. he's just, he's just, yes. I'm just going to have a magnet sitting on my, on my ceiling of your face. Yes, you want him I to do... I would love that. Of that, of that, yes. You want him to do Fat Nala? He is definitely going to do the Fat Nala for you. Oh, curse. Curse. <laughs> I don't want people to make your dad see these cursed things. Yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> oh, I feel like that Look, should be more of an actually, like, a lower tier patron. It's just, like, give an image that you have to show Lev's dad. Just, like, five dollars. Yes. Wait, Lev, so are you saying that if I become a $50 patron, okay, are you listening? I need oh, you to God. hear this loud and clear that your dad would make Sonichu for me. Of course he will. <laughs> of course, there's no doubt. Sold. Oh, oh we oh, missed Sonichu. Is this the, the, the stream Sonichu <laughs> reference? Oh, I think it is. I think it is. Christian yeah. Sonichu. Let's I mean, take it maybe, away for five minutes. You know what, guys, guys, maybe he can even do it one step further. I mean, again, look. Chris Chan does not hold copyright over something that he's violated the copyright of as far as Sonic and Pikachu. Not so I yet. don't think they Yeah, I don't How think they're dare any... you laugh. <laughs> like, he is the true and honest creator as... of Sonic yeah. Chew. Who knows? Like maybe my dad can make an actual Sonic Chew medallion out of wood. That's also that's a magnet, was... but that's like <laughs> Oh what? my gosh. Please. How the hell did we get here? <laughs> Like, it's, no, just imagine. No, it like always a... comes back to Boonu uh, <laughs> like and Chris Chan, Fat Nala, Sneed. Yeah. Yes. That's why, you, like that's why a... you should become a patron today. These are the pillars. Exactly. These are the, the pillars. You know, Fuck the... off. Islam, Islam has, <laughs> the you know, there's the seven pillars of Islam. These are the seven pillars of BTR. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, I did send. I did send, and Nala can testify to this. I sent Christine a message 
and a reply on Twitter asking her if she could please come on BTR. I this also be... sent her a photo of my cat to try to get her attention. Um, nice. And but, yeah. I, but but I think I think we're going to need some other kind of uh, pussy to uh, grab a grab. Agreed. Oh no, boy! But in, all, but in all seriousness, That's we have awful. to get we have to get the most beautiful women of BTR <laughs> to do a photo shoot to do a calendar. It'll be called uh, Christine Chan. Come on, break the rules, calendar. And like every I'm month, this there'll calendar. be like a new. <laughs> Washing a car, wearing the Sada Chu medallion that my dad made. <laughs> no, like there could, be, <laughs> there could be not, there a lot be of a possibility here. No, oh, yeah, of course, because he hates men. I forgot. Yes, no, no men. No men. No, no, no. What if I put on a wig and then will he believe? And by the way, listen. Listen here, listen, you motherfuckers. You you don't even know the extent of my dad's skills when it comes to these uh, the wood carving stuff because you've only seen like the like the small ones. Well, check this out. This is a rooster that my dad made. L look at this motherfucker right here. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a bigger image so that you see it. Look God, that's at awesome. this quality. Yeah, that's this, wild. Look at oh this wow, rooster. Jesus Christ. Okay, so now imagine somebody. That's beautiful. Imagine somebody who has been trained in the Soviet, you know, in the Soviet Union to do this kind of stuff oh and by the way apex has to go peace apex thank you so much brother i really peace guys good to talk to you man love you enjoy your friday night you are amazing everything they had to say I, I love it well anyway when it comes to somebody like who grew up in the soviet union who went through all the things that people go through within living under that evil empire and was you know is a master craftsman imagine somebody like that applying the same skills into crafting a sonichu medallion <laughs> he hasn't seen the greatest horrors yet lovers he's seen show your dad the recycling video and see what he thinks of that yes. well you know we maybe... need to we need to have a lev's dad react to stuff i feel like that's like maybe he can you make... want to bait in some easy content then here 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 for a thousand dollars for a thousand dollars uh for patronage which i guess would equal like how much like a hundred dollars per month or something like that maybe even more like we got to get a tier where my dad will make a wooden figure of Chris Chan with the striped shirt holding a bottle of Fanta, just like his nutcracker. He will make a nutcracker out of Chris Chan. How about that? How about them apples? I would buy uh, it. Lev, by the way, uh, Lev, what, am I going to still like contribute something? Because I want to like add something to the little page. I don't know what I can do, but we, need, but we need, yeah, longest ad. We'll finish the ad up in a second, maybe. I don't know. I'm not the host. But Lev, are you still wanting me to do something for this please. patron thing? Just, yeah. please, I don't know what. I would it's love like, that. Yes. What kind of thing do you want? Like, I don't know exactly, but I don't know. I, like... I love your blue guy. Well, look, we are going to discuss the innards of yeah, this yeah. later on. I want to go back to Joe Biden because we have new people here, <laughs> and we were talking. We were all Biden our time talking about him. Oh. <laughs> What, 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 it's like you're trying to get me to leave needed? right now, though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, what, what do you even need to say? He'll, like, die of quote-unquote old age in, like, two months and Kamala will be president. Like, uh... Well, it's not so much about Biden, more about just the administration itself and the idea that I was proposing earlier that I still think... Okay, just, like, part of me thinks this, part of me doesn't. Part of me thinks that 
all this corruption that we're seeing right now, all this disconnection with the people because there is this uh, more of an international view of money and business and all that that kind of takes away the incentive to help the people around you. Like, sure, all of that is in play, but is it necessarily something that some sweeping legislation can correct? And also, is it something that was enabled not only by people, let's say by business owners deciding, you know what, it's going to be cheaper to do this shit in China, we're just going to move to China, uh, as opposed to there being some sweeping legislation that enabled that to happen. I don't know, like, I haven't looked at NAFTA, GATT, all that stuff that thoroughly. But basically, we're all after the dragon. Like, I know we're talking about fucking dragons again, but hear me out. What do you we're mean by all... that? Sorry, I missed that it's part. It's the symbol of China. Yeah, well, oh, yes, it is the in China. But I thought you were talking about chase the dragon like drugs, like puffy, puffy. You wouldn't get dragon. your mind out of the gutter, bro. No, but the dragon thing is like when I've heard that chasing the dragon. You just posting mushrooms yesterday, Remus. <laughs> get your <laughs> mind out of the gutter, sir. It's not. I'm not in the gutter <laughs> when you're talking no, but, about but, drugs. But guys, man. when when uh, I'm talking uh, about when I'm talking about the dragon, what I mean is. I think that there has been among, you know, whether we're talking about the Q people, whether we're talking about just regular Trump supporters and uh, whatever, like when we're talking about people who are dissatisfied with the way things are, we can point to there being technological advancements and just regular decisions that businesses have made that would save them money. But just, you know, if they didn't do them, then they would be out of business. You know, like it's a rat race, all these cliches that you want to use. So that is one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it when I'm talking about like this dragon is have there been very, you know, like grossly obvious deals that have been signed that we can definitely say, okay, this deal, it is slimy as fuck. And this is something that has been intentionally done to fuck America. It has been intentionally done so, to extract the resources from the United States. This is the kind of stuff that would require so, me to sit down and thoroughly look at it, but I don't know about it yet. So go, go for it, hero. So let, let, let me put it this way, right? Because that, that is an interesting thing to think about. I think that's that's something that, you know, we, we probably should address in some degree. But I, I think something that is uh, is overlooked in your assessment there is um, it's not so much how did it happen? It's why is any attempt to fix it met with such strong, like, you know, force and pushback? That's that's more the question I have about this. Why is any any you know attempt any attempt at a discussion about how to fix this met with such a strong pushback? Like so much so well, that you can't even talk about it. I, I I can partly answer that, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do as much justice with this answer to address all of it. But again, going back to somebody like Trump. And I know that what we were saying before about like, hey, like if Trump didn't say the kind of th the things that he did say, then the media wouldn't really pick up on him and would just ignore him like Ron Paul. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a time machine to go back in time and convince him to talk otherwise. Yeah. So there's nothing really that I could say there. But when it comes to the very obvious things that triggered a lot of journalists, part of me, you know, and the establishment, yada, yada, part of me thinks that there may have been people among the quote-unquote elite or whatever who you know may have actually cared about you know actually you know having more border security and other things that could be done you know more populistic type things to uh you know return you know more business to america without sacrificing you know economic prosperity and all that like they they must have been out there and maybe inside of their minds they were going trump you fucking idiot you motherfucker why are you saying what you mean because if you're saying what you mean 
then the, all this stuff is going to awaken the goblins. It's going to awaken all the myself. Shut the fucking audio off when this is when you're moving when you're moving your shit around. God damn it. Okay. So okay. So a giant crates of porcelain cups is what it sounds like. Yes, exactly. So it's like I I, I don't even know. I don't even know the video game. Like, have you okay? Have you guys ever played uh, Wario Land Two for the Game Boy Color? Uh, a bit. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You remember there was this orange enemy in the game. I'll see if I could find them. But uh, there was this orange guy with these teeth who was sleeping. And if Wario mm. came too close to him, he would wake up and then just start moving up and down and just like going, uh, you know, sideways. And I feel like that is the extreme left, like the people who, when they hear anything having to do with any cultural differences in terms of like people who are coming over from somewhere else, it's like, oh my God, he said what? And the media think of the position they're in. Like, let me actually defend them for a little bit. They're like, oh my God, he said it instead of just ignoring that and letting things go on as usual. This means that we have no choice but to double down on the SJW stuff and talk about how we are a nation of immigrants and never use the word illegal immigrant, always use the word immigrant to talk about them. You know, it almost seems like it left people no choice than to just double down on the wokeness. I, I think you put too much weight on how these people go about talking about it. I, I think any discussion of it at all is met with that level of thing. I, I think the fact that Trump was just kind of and people don't about discuss it. it. That that's the point. People don't discuss it. What they do right. is they say one thing and do another. This is something that was done throughout time immemorial. When it comes right. to somebody who actually wants to get things done, they're going to say one thing. They're going to be you know uh, spouting off uh, you know sweet nothings. That well, yeah, but good they, you can't trust your government at all. I then, mean, like, what what's even the point in that? Even if they're doing the right thing, like you I, still can't trust a damn word out of their mouths. Well, the thing you, the thing you've got to get is that a lot of yes, this is, is more yeah. self deception than anything else. Every time we see an email leak from these people, like the, the big WikiLeaks dump back or, or whatever, you find these people talking to each other. They seem to genuinely yeah. believe uh, what what they say in public. I, I, I will offer a retort. The retort now, is Now, when, when they're talking okay. about like, oh, that this is a grassroots revolution, well, at the same time, in their private emails, mind you, talking about how, oh, like, we fu we got to fund this pressure group, then that's that's just... That is just a self okay, okay. No, no, no. This is something not the, deliberate. This is something else. Okay, what you are talking about right now are the crazy leftists who are in that Zoom call. These are not the power brokers. These are not the big these are not the big fish. So if we're talking about those people of fucking course that that's what that's what they're about. Who I'm talking about are people who let's say WikiLeaks would have an email where they were talking about, you know, whatever SGW stuff you want to add there. What the fuck else are they going to talk about there? This is the same thing that people talk about in public. This is how they do it. This is the same thing that they talk about in private because it's not something that is talked about in polite society in any other way because this is the fashion of the times. They're not going to be honest to their friends even. It doesn't work like that. I mean, maybe if you sat down with them over a beer then they would be able to outright say what's on their minds. But people put on the guard because they know how dangerous things are as far as I don't want to be the odd man out. I don't want to be seen as somebody who is not fashionable. And in the end, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to fashion. Uh, and this is I, the game I think that we're under right now. 
See, if that's I don't the case, then that system's worth overthrowing because, like, you know, you can't fix anything unless you're in on this whole but elite cabal But that's always thing. been the system, but that's always yes, been the case. Yes, the system. Okay, like, I don't... Okay, think, think back, for very... example... Here, I'll, I'll offer you like another this... example. Even though it's from a novel, the example would be of uh, War and Peace. So, in War and Peace, uh, they had that party that was ran by Anna Pavlovna Scherer, who made sure that nobody talked about anything that would be considered to be politically uh, subversive or even politics in general i know it's like a general thing uh to say like no politics no religion but her job just like i'm sure it was the job of lady astor back in the day was to maintain a harmony of people doing small talk so that there is harmony in the world and so people don't start spouting things that maybe all of them believe but that if word got out that they believe them it would start to you know unravel certain things that may actually hurt the very people that may want to implement policies quietly that would help everybody out you know maybe not in a perfect way but in such a way that it's, uh, it's the best decision out of the worst now i'm not saying this is at all the case i'm do i'm offering a proposition to you guys as far as an alternate view on all this stuff okay my my view on it is not so much that it's fashion but that people but people have only learned how to process it ideas through this framework because it's hegemonic like an example i give when i try to describe this is like um the you you remember that me too thing right like it wasn't really rape but violation of consent is the only more thing morally objectionable that people learn about like that's the only thing we truly think is in in some way wrong so like when women are having like sex in exchange for getting a role in like a Hollywood movie or whatever. The only way they can conceptualize why it's bad is th this is somehow like rape, even though it isn't um, uh, because consent is the only way they can process morality. And the same thing goes with a lot of other um, woke subjects. Like if, if there's racial discord, the only way they can process that is through the, like the lens of someone is being racist here. But what else could they say right now? Like, you know, anything else at this moment will open up a can of worms that would attract but they those don't orange really creatures know. from Wario Land 2. Like, they, they open don't really know. Open up the can of worms. Open them up. Let's thing, say shit is fucking Because, like, even, even the conservatives can only process it as actually you're being racist against white people. I understand, and that is a that is a concern here. But we have a comment from AIC saying, uh, "Okay, so AIC Lev is boomer. I love him, but this is the energy. <laughs> Just autistic concern over radical leftists and SJWs. No, AIC, you don't understand me, my friend. What I'm saying here is not concern over the radical leftists and SJWs. I am explaining an alternative view of how these elements are actually kept in control." by the establishment through basically giving them all these emotional uh you know emotional huggy pillows all these emotional uh comfort blankets while not really doing the things that they want them to do yeah. Yeah, that's my I, that's my whole point I, sure yeah, go yeah, can it. i speak on on this really quick sure so you're speaking about this sort of emotional state of using government and sort of talking uh or, or treating the populace kind of like kids and um, and you know uh, uh, infantilizing them in a way, and it, it, I don't know if you, any of you guys just watch the whole Biden shit. Like, if, did you guys? Yeah. Watch the okay. what? So, Sorry, I, I couldn't hear that. 
Did you watch the inauguration? The whole thing. The whole yeah, but the whole thing. I'm talking the virtual parade, all of that bullshit, right? Why why would anyone do that? Um morbid curiosity. I'm I'm in a yeah, I'm no, I'm in a position where I'm I'm living with somebody who who wanted to watch it and I'm oh you know, family, so you know I I, uh, I thought it would be interesting. Uh, I'm, you, I, I'm an you observer, poor man. Right? so yeah, I know it hurt. It hurt. It hurt. So this <laughs> thing was this thing was uh, it was like dystopian. It was scary. It was it was sort of like framing. The whole point of it, it was designed to like the, the thing, not even the inauguration itself, because I, I I didn't I was I was sleeping I didn't care, but the, all the shit later right like the whole like show where there's Tom Hanks is introducing celebrities who are singing songs about unity and shit it was just so like cringe and ridiculous right like and, and, were you around in the Obama years? Good, just a question. I, I was alive, but I was. Um, it, I lived in a different country, so it wasn't the same. I'm not seeing it from the inside, and like okay, because like outside, I'm in Canada, which is basically the same as the United States, and it was much much cringier uh, <laughs> when Obama yeah, got he, elected. Uh, no, I remember that too. I ah! was at the uh, I was at the Woodstock Film Festival where I had my film animated film, My Heart Belongs to You, which is about a hamster who falls in love with an uh, with an elementary school teacher. And uh, I will post that, by the way. And uh, <laughs> what's interesting is that uh, the guy who commissioned the film, uh, uh, the music video rather, he uh, plays piano in Washington Sp Square Park. He's a great guy, but he also like. Um, when he wanted me to uh, do another uh, short afterwards uh, about the park, about Washington Square Park, he was talking about including elements like, you know, have like Black Lives Matter in there. And, uh, you know, and this was already at the point, this wasn't during 2016. This was earlier. This was like the first kind of iteration of this whole thing starting. But right. I already felt weird vibes, even though like I wasn't as familiar with that many things back then. And I'm still not familiar with that many things now. But, you know, relatively speaking, of course, uh, I felt that there was a goose step energy in the movement that was going on there and later on he ended up uh you know printing on his piano uh and again like much respect to the guy he is a brilliant pianist a wonderful composer but i think he also kind of like went with the same wave he printed on his uh piano uh uh this machine kills fascists and that was around 2016, 2017. So he was also going within that uh, within that flow. So John but I, Green's computer. That, that I, I, comes from Woody Guthrie originally, I believe. Like he put that on his guitar when he was singing bad folk songs. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I, I got to look that guy up. But the point All here folk is, songs is that are bad folk songs, and I love it. Well, this this thing it's been around for forever, like I said before, and people adopt these different fashions. But think back to what happened during the 30s. I was mentioning this book earlier, and hold on, I'm going to look up My Heart Belongs to You and send it. But uh, think back to the 1930s. There was this book that was written by Eugene Lyons called The Red Decade, which talked about how the intellectual class in the United States, they were pretty much Stalinists. And if you were into Stalinist, then you were excluded and you were shunned. And that included all the other socialists, you know, that they called, uh, you know, so-and-so, you know, various names. So when it comes to these trends that people get on, like we're talking about something now that looks so fucking big, but in comparison to back then when there was a competing world power that had agents within the government working actually like within the FDR administration, 
it was a very different thing. Same thing like with Black Panther Panthers. And yes, I know fucking logo data is talking about it was the CIA. Sure, maybe there were some elements, but the Soviet Union they put so much money into a lot of these radical leftist organizations that were going on at that time. And there was a lot more chaos. Like I would be interested it would be interesting to imagine what a stream like this would have been like back then during like the late sixties, uh, early seventies. And as far as fashion demoralization, check out some of the horrible fashion of that time. Like the eighties I think sprung back a lot of nice energy. But uh there were periods of time when I think people if they were to be online they would feel pretty fucking blackpilled and they would not see a good future for the united states based on the things that they're seeing and i'm not saying our plot problems are exactly the same it's also as, because of the nukes yeah. it's a little bit more complicated right the nuclear oh, yeah, bomb yeah, yeah. That you was, know what uh, i mean that contributed they were like, to it hey we might all just get instantly vaporized feels, feels pretty bad yes well, okay, China, that's actually a good point where Super Iron, Bob Super Iron Bob talked about China and to the extent of the spycraft that's going on there. The one thing that I would say, though, is that as far as just the amount of power that a lot of these movements had, Black Panthers, Malcolm X, whatever, 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 like this was so much more of a vehicle that did not feel at that point to have been co-opted and instrumentalized by that much of the elite. And there was a fear there, like, think of, like, Weather Underground and all the bombings that were taking place and uh, all these things that made people not feel at ease. And now what do we get? We're looking at New York City and just yesterday and I think the day before, you know, just some kids had the trans flag up and were protesting, you know, on MLK Day for BLM. And it was like, it was a sorry, it was just like a pathetic uh, example if you compare that to what was going and yes i know this whole year there have been you know horrible say look at happening. portland yes no 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 i i get i get that point i get the point about portland but even there as far as the amount of death goes and there were deaths i'm not saying that there weren't to equate that together with the things that have happened in the 60s and 70s with people dropping out doing acid just a whole generation of young people completely disassembling themselves from society and people talk about the day of the pillow the eternal boomer how many of those people were these people who had everything given to them on a fucking silver platter then then dropped what? out of society and were you know just having sex and doing drugs and then they went back in what? there and demanded more shit so i mean i think this kind of leads into things we were talking about earlier with uh, Armand. I, I think uh, I think that in its in itself is is kind of, you know, leads itself to prove that that material wealth is not um, you know, is not a doesn't e equate happiness, right? Like there if if you are an unfulfilled person, you'll be miserable no matter how how rich you are. And I, I think that really, you know, I, I think removing institutions and and cultural forces that that maybe don't give you meaning, but lead you to places that give you meaning. Removing those has been more damaging than anything. I, I think the fact that, that a lot of the boomers opted to, to, you know, ignore a lot of um, more, more responsible choices and opted to, you know, zone out on, on, on drugs and free sex and do all these things and remove all these barriers and stuff. And it's like, that was a big shake for people. I know my, my, my grandfather was not very happy about it. And he's, he, he kind of has inklings where he'll talk to me and he'll tell me about how like, I just don't understand how things slip this far. It's 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 just kind of hard to to keep track of it all. Um, we're, we're seeing the effects of that play out now, and we're seeing the the consequences of it kind of fight itself. 
as of right now as well. And I, I think that's something more to look at. So, you know, we're, we're talking about does right now kind of compare to the 60s or compare to these times, like how do these protests compare and things like that? I don't think it's it's fair to compare them. I think it, it's much more that one has has led to the other and we're in a, a similar-ish but very different um, situation right now that we haven't gone through before. It's like the wave hit the back of the pool and is coming back. Yeah. Yeah, but when the wave comes back, how strong is it in comparison to the first one? See, that's more of that's, my point. Exactly. We, we, we will see. Like, there's no I really want to go, back, I really wanna I go back to something that Hero said was the, the whole, oh, wait, I, I can't believe I'm doing a blank here, but it's the, he said something like really like interesting, and then I, I can't believe it. Everything I say is interesting, Ewan. Come on. No, I know, but no, but particularly interesting. That's what I mean. <laughs> it makes me want to interrupt the conversation. And now I blank because I've got passed on. What, what it was, was it related about, like, to? It was like individual, like purpose stuff. There you go. It was like, I don't, like, how do people find purpose? Like, being miserable, even though you have, like, material wealth. It's like, what gives purpose? Like, that's, like, what I'm trying to discover when I'm 20. It's like, well, if the you have a material wealth, purpose is trying to. If you- make a child that's like the main thing I've that's a huge one yeah. yeah exactly i, I think that, uh, I, I i'm i'm a i'm i i say i'm a i'm a you know a follower of this but i i, I just i don't read i'm sorry i'm not a, i'm not like a scholarly person but um i think someone to look to is uh someone more like diogenes in that respect in that i think uh i think work hard work i think um Physical endurance, per- persisting through things like that, are things. Oh, yeah, being that, uh, physically they... fit as well. That's the other. Like, well, you're physically fit, out. sure, but 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 in well, no, what it's way, a right? Stone, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, but to... like you know, doing physical work, like creating things, like producing crafts, uh, be- being a craftsman, being a tradesman, doing. No, things I mean with being physical is in like being physically fit. Like, no, no, I, I know. I, I you you were saying like, how do you find the this like sense oh, of it? purpose? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. I'm saying I. I think you. You can find that in 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 using what you've been given in the sense that you you have you know a a body that is meant to perform physical tax tasks that's meant to overcome things. Like we don't want us ourselves to be, you know, hurt and horribly scarred by the by the cruelty of of nature. But we we shouldn't reject it entirely and pacify ourselves with stimulants and in ways that that make us complacent and and useless. That the the way to find purpose is through you know spiritual fulfillment, familial fulfillment, and then also physical fulfillment. So yeah, getting buff, getting you know exercising is one thing, but but perf- you know accomplishing yeah. physical tasks is like huge. And everything that's going on right now everything that that the elites everything that the that our, our governments everything the neoliberal world world order if i'm going to speak like this is is pushing us towards is things that are not physical tasks they're not conducive to doing these things you actually have to go out of your way to do these things you have to go out of your way yes. to go do that and that to me that's like the central mm. problem that's where i find the the biggest mm. issue with everything going on right now it's not that you can't do these things it's just that you mm. actually have to go out of your way to do that and it's getting harder and harder to do i think there's a much bigger problem than that though i feel like the bigger problem is the fact that we can go out of a way to go these things but then there's the what do you it's the other thing that's been taken away that spiritual fulfillment that i feel like so much more lacking than physical yeah but i, I, I talk about people who are weak men and sometimes joking you know, but i used to be a fat fuck i used to be a sure. fat fuck show off like, your guns show off your guns Ewan. Uh, oh, yeah. i'm still working well, on them i gotta i, you know, I want to work Wonderful. more on them but 
it's about spiritual film. Like, I have no fucking clue. Like, I wanted to try and get into meditation, but like, I'm not even sure if it's meditation. It's like some big thing. Like, I can teach you. I'll, I'll teach you. I'll teach yeah. you the Wim Hof breathing technique. I'm really good at but that shit. Not, so. I I mean, there are many ways to meditate, man. There are many ways to meditate. It's not just sitting down quietly. Some people meditate in a different way. I know. You've talked about that before, but like, there's this thing about wanting to create something more than myself, and that's like the main thing that I feel I need to like. I'll figure out. I mean, it's not like past is more than myself. It's not. It's basically a mandala pain for the stomach, but. It's, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, I love how you put you that. Try and, try and put yourself in a position where you feel higher energies are speaking to you. You'll, you'll know it when yes. you feel it. That's that's yeah. that's the 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 goal here. Being being a, yeah. a Catholic, I would recommend energy. Well, listen to the church, do all this it. stuff. But honestly, even personally, I find that I, I I find that the strongest when I'm in the mountains, when I'm in nature, when I'm taking walks, when I'm on my own. You know, yeah. find find where it speaks to you the most. I, I think that's that's where you have to where you have I mean, to listen. The strongest energy I've had so far is with the, the lady friend, but uh, right, right. that's a different that type of energy. The, is That's like, a different type of energy. I know it is, but uh, the second <laughs> kind of one is doing like when I get into that proper creative niche zone. Like this is really like energizing. So I'm doing like three things at once. I'm learning. I'm doing shit. And maybe some, you know, I'm entertaining as well. some of you anyway. Some of you probably fucking hate me. You're already chewed off. But that's good. <laughs> I love you, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. Really I'm glad too. people hate me because I'm being a fucking human being. I can't be one of those okay. men, like, a human being. I know. I know. That's what I mean. But some people hate me, and that's good. That's good that some people hate. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm, bo I'm a boring goober. Well, you know what? We gotta go from being human beings. We gotta go from being human beings to human doings, and then I think <sighs> we're going to stand out. Oh my Bumble god! <laughs> By the way, I think we may be we may be ending the podcast already. Why am I calling the? I mean, it is a podcast too because we do. Oh, by the way, here are some of the things that I got to talk about that I did not talk about regarding BTR at fucking all because I keep getting distracted. So number one, for those of you who do not know, we also have an audio version that we do of uh, Break the Rules, and I'm going to post the links first, as I do all the time. We want to get, like, the most patrons. Find us patrons. Whoever gets the most patrons, uh, we're going to announce the certain time, but whoever gets the most patrons will win all the perks of the $50 patronage for a month, and uh, the limit would be when we get, like, $50 in uh, in total so here we go patreon.com slash break the rules but now let me tell you about the other places where you can find break the rules so first off for all of you iphone users for all of you china sweatshop uh people uh Ooh. you know like exact yes exactly so for all you for all you folks here's what you do go to podcast.apple.com here is our podcast version so this is audio this is audio only break the rules get in this shit give us a five star review right now you already know what this is about give us five stars listen subscribe you can see over here uh, uh all of them Next, for all of you RSS freaks, and I know that you are out there, you have to go to breaktherules.captivate.fm. This is our RSS host. This is where we also post all of our uh, all of our podcast goodness. And of course, I don't want to leave behind poor Spotify, but I just have to find it uh, right now. So just give me a chance. But we are also on Spotify. We're not gonna we're not gonna ignore Spotify. Although, did I hear it right that they like got rid of a Joe Rogan uh, episode with Tulsi Gabbard?
Shepard, or was that just a? Um... Um, they got rid real? of the one with Alex Jones. I didn't hear about the Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, one. but he's persona non grata, so that kind of yeah. like that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Hubbard, that would be a little bit, a little so, bit even even for even for Spotify, that would be a little bit much. Like I have to see that. I have to yeah. see proof of that. Yeah. Oh, Super Iron Bob. Imagine thinking that the okay. Good point. Good point. Fine. Imagine thinking that Android phones are just a sweatshop. Listen Agreed. here, you fools. You, 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 all you people like listening to this and all these like technology things. Horrible. If you're not listening to BTR through through smoke signals, what are you doing with your life? Get out. Yeah, of here. A ham radio. Exactly. If it's on a ham radio, you're you're a fucking you're you're a monster. Okay, you're and by the way, the we are. We are not doing a stream on Tuesday, but we are doing the ultimate stream on Thursday. Guess with oh, who? Owen fucking Cyclops. Yo, Amazing. let's go. Amazing. He is coming in. But here's what I want to do for Tuesday. I want to try this out. I'm not sure where I'm going to try it out yet. I have a VR headset. And oh my in God. my VR headset, I have Tilt Brush. And I want to draw stuff inside of Tilt Brush while live streaming. So I want to try this out. This is going to be an that experiment. That would be so cool. And I want you guys to also be in on it where you would see me with the screen and yeah. everything. So let me work it out. Let me see how we can do it. I'm sure that there is a way to do it properly. That would be really cool with Owen, too, because it's like... You can literally draw yeah. well, concepts. Uh, I mean, with Owen, I do want to concentrate time. more on Owen. But look, I think that Owen's going to like being on BTR so fucking much he's going to come back and then we will I do so. a virtual reality. But let me see over here, Spotify. I just have to search. That is the one link that I did not put in here. So break the rules. I'm searching for Spotify. It's not giving me anything. Let me... Oh, because I'm typing in T-H-E instead of T-H-3. Here we go. Break the rules, Spotify. Here we go. Here are the links. Okay. So Spotify, Spotify, uh, let's see. No, this is 2019. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I found it. Okay. Here is the Spotify link for all you motherfuckers. Here it is. Spotify, break the rules. Oh, this was the uh, Organizing a New Society episode with Arash Kalaki, Alexander Bard. Highly recommend you listen to that one. But anyway, this is our uh, this is our Spotify break the rules here i'm going to separately send you the page as well so go there subscribe on all these platforms subscribe to d live by the way we did have a d live a d live listener who was in the chat i saw who who he was and i really appreciate him so more people we have 70 followers on d live this is not enough nice. we have one we ha- but no but it's not enough man we got to get more so right now we have 2000 we have 2000 600 where the fuck has geo been all day i missed the guy 2662 Woo! geo 2662 geo where are you geo where right are you geo he was in chat for a little bit he said he was really tired and had to uh, help his dad today so uh, i okay. think that all right next I time i haven't talked to him in forever i wanted to see I hope the reason why geo is because he was doing tons of push-ups and stuff i assume he was nice oh arian cowboy says i'm gonna get that e-ink phone Wait, what e-ink phone are you talking about? Actually, let me show you an e-ink device that I use, which I love. One second. Shout-outs to Arian Cowboy. We missed you, bud. We love you. Always shout-out to Arian Cowboy. Say the Gamer words. Let's away. Say the Gamer words. <laughs> Dude, you're right, right out. Time. I'm just kidding. Okay, so, yes, moment. I'm going to have to get rid of the fucking cat. You, you see the cat, right? That cat is scary, nice... dude. It's, 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 a cat, it's Catman. It's like Batman, but it's cat a cat. Man. Here, he I want to show you... To do war. I want to show you what this fucking thing looks like, but it's not letting me. So hold on a second. I do, I do not want to leave this stream until I show you what this thing is because it is very, very impressive. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna grab my phone. 
I'm going to grab the phone. I'm going to flip it around. Oh I am going to turn the cat off. So just give me a second. And everybody subscribe. This is another thing, by the way. This is I the time I'm, when you subscribe. Lev, you're going to have to. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Here. Just gonna uh, Lev, you're going to have to maximize yourself so that they can see you. When you're talking, the, the <laughs> cat window is uh, blowing up. Is that Pixar Kim Jong-un? <laughs> Wait. Oh, shit. I thought I changed it. <laughs> the new Pixar film, Rocket Man. Here we go. I'll shoot one I'm on the here we okay. go. Here we go. Okay, so here we are. Uh, I am upside down, though, but that's fine. I could be upside down. I don't care. So here, this is what I want to show you, and I guess I'm going to have to flip it upside down for you guys to see what you it maximize is. Maximize yourself. Yes, exactly. So, uh, oh, right, right. Maximize myself. That is a good point. Uh, here we go. Spotlight. Okay, so check this out. This is the uh, Are you upside down? Don't don't worry about that. Close, close, you don't get to ask that this for all the, the things you do. Yeah, dude, okay. you live no, in the wrong side of the road. I do. Okay. I get you, you drive on the wrong side of the road. Okay, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. This is closer the up, Onyx. This is the Onyx Books Max Three, and uh, I wish I had my better camera so you guys could see how nice this thing is. But uh, let me here. Let me turn it on. Oh. I am reading The Count of Monte Cristo right now on this thing. This is 13 inches. And let me show you something really special. This is the most incredible thing ever. You guys are going to freak out. Check this out. Okay, while I'm going to I'm gonna bring two things in here, but while I'm bringing them in, uh, Conscious Moss, Nala, will you do the honors of doing shout-outs to the people in the chat right now? Lef, you're really strong. As opposed to like, oh, like just like everybody that's there? Yeah, yeah, just like see the yeah. people in the chat and just shout shout them out. Hello, yeah. Peter Faust. Hello, Arian Cowboy. Hello, Martin K. Hello, it's going to be Arian Cowboy. Hello, Buff. Hello, Wong. Hello, Josh. Hello, Chris. On here Hello, Super Iron Bob. Hello, Jacob. Hello, AIC. Hello, Chris. Hello, <laughs> Ark. Hello, I'm just scrolling, saying hello. <laughs> and can we have a weather report, please? Okay. You sound like a seven-year-old. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Guys, you remember, you remember this uh, clip? Uh, hello, little fishies. Hello. hello. You guys remember where that's from? No? <laughs> it was uh, albino black sheep. Look it up. Oh, Please God. don't Lev. say Lev, by the way, I'm so, yeah. like, you're super strong. Those car phrases are doing you good right now. You've been able to hang upside down. No blood rush in your head. Pretty amazing. I actually do have a pole where I can hang upside down. The best, okay, here's oh. what I'm going to do. No, no, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about this. When I do, when I have a new studio, I want to have a pole that I can bring out. It would, like, you know, it would it would go up. Strip but then the it would go. It would go, it would go out. And I would be able to do chin-ups and pull-ups on that pole. Mm. So that's the first thing that I wanted to say. Second thing, I'm going to put my moon shoes on that pole. Gra moon sorry, shoes. gravity boots. <laughs> gravity yeah. boots. I'm going to put the gravity boots on that pole so that I'll swing upside fucking down. And then I'll rotate the camera mm. so that it looks like I'm, you know, so it'll look like I'm normal. But my hair is going to be up like a Super Saiyan. So I think that will be a great Amazing. stream. Imagine doing mm. a stream where you would I'm pass like, out so fast. Yeah, I'm like in full Mussolini mode. No question about it. So, oh, anyway. come on. <laughs> okay, so do more shout outs. I am almost ready to show you what I want to show you. So just do, do more shout outs. Okay, I'm on it. <clears throat> Can I repeat people's 
No, you gotta scroll up. You gotta scroll up. Okay, okay, okay. Hello, who did I not get? Hello, King Kush. Hello, Ross Burns. Hello, Karina. Hello, Welder Guy. Hello, Peter Griffin. Hello, no. Oh, you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I scrolled. <laughs> Okay, mm. who have I missed? Who have I missed? Who have I missed? Oh. Hello. Angry Joe. Angry Joe. I'm going to scroll all the way up. Doug Walker. Doug Hello. Walker. Now Doug Walker. Doug. Wait, isn't that mm. the guy with the glasses? Is yeah, he's in the chat right now, bro. He's in the chat. Wow, now. Okay, mm. here. I think I did Are it. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I am ready to show this thing off. Okay, so check check the shit out. Here's what I have. This you're gonna be very, you're gonna be very impressed. Okay, so you see this, you see this pole, you see this pole over here. See this pole? This is a see pole that it's on wheels. It goes up and down. It has this, you know, it could go like this and like that. So it's a reading stand, right? So I have over here the Count of Monte Cristo, which I'm reading here. Let me flip it the other way around, so you can flip it. So now it's actually now it's actually normal. So, but this this is the PS de Resistance. Check this out. So I have the remote control. See, this is like a regular remote control, which I have covered up with the uh, 1776 Infowars sticker. So you see over here, <laughs> I cover it up because this part of it lights up. Uh, like this part of it lights up. So I cover Shout it up. Shout out to AJ. Yeah. See over here, it lights up. I do not want it lighting up because it's distracting. So I cover it up with the sticker. Anyway, I take this thing and check this out. You see that oh, shit? Oh, cool. You see that motherfucking shit? This is the revolution. This is the revolution right here. So you are sitting down, you are reading books, and instead of having to hold a book, you just hold this little remote control, this little video game Bluetooth thing, mm -hmm. and you just press the button, the page flips. Press the button, the page flips. You want you want to read manga? Of course you can. One mm -hmm. Piece, Bleach, Naruto, JoJo, whatever the fuck you want. You can read Rock it on this 13-inch... On this 13-inch motherfucker, without having to hold the book, you can hold a, some coffee, you can hold a joint, you can hold whatever you want in your hands, mm. and you can just scroll like this, and it is fucking beautiful, it is one of the greatest discoveries I've ever made, and I am sharing hey, it yeah. here with you on the BTR stream, because that's how much I care about you. Please that's fucking cool. subscribe. It yeah. is very cool. That is so cool. gooning. But you know, it, you know what it reminds me of? This, this is literally about book gooning, you're right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Book gooning. Um, the last man for book books. Gooning. Imagine reading. <laughs> you you just reminded me. What was that thing Geo said when you guys were? This is way back when you guys were like first getting into the whole gooning thing on the stream. Geo made I'm this shout go. in his voice, and he he went, "The goon is the definition of the last man." <laughs> really yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like the, the quintessential Geo quote. Yeah, yeah I, I want that as like a fucking ringtone or a, like an alarm sound or something. Or, yeah, or like every time every time we get a. A, uh, a super chat or something that should play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Oh man! Double pasta time right now. No, do you have your pasta? <laughs> your pasta, dude. How is it? I haven't. Hold on. It's not pasta. It's not pasta. I'm putting my foot in it. No! Stop. Oh, oh you <laughs> did it! Why? Take back what I said, you and I hate you now. Good. <laughs> All right, guys, I, th I think we're pretty much done over sure. here. Let me just go mm. through the comments because I didn't see the comments before. Uh, chat respect. Can I also make a, sure. a, last, uh, a last note on something? Go for it, go uh, for it. Or do you want to go through the comments first? I, I'd also here. like to do so, that. So, uh, 
something I think you guys need to remember, if, if you feel like you're getting blackpilled right now through all this stuff going on, uh, try and get yourself out of that mindset. Things are not going to be as, things are going to be really, really hard. Things are not going to be as bad as you think they are. They're just going to be really hard, but there's a lot of good to, to come out of this. It's not even going to be that the hard. People, It'll be fine. Well, I, I think they, I think they will be hard, but I think good things are going to come out of it. I think uh, the people that are watching this stream, the people that are in our circles on, on Twitter, the people that are, that are in the know, um, we are primed to be people that can survive outside of the, the downfall and the, 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 the crumbling of, of social lives because of what's going to happen. Neoliberalism is going to do what it's going to do. Everything's going to go the way it's going to do, but we're in a perfect position to, to survive outside of that. Just, re just remember what's important in your life. Remember, remember to focus on your family, focus on, um, focus on, what's important in life. Remember that, that wealth is not everything, that materialism is not the be all end all of everything and, and help people that are struggling through the, the times coming, help them get through it as, as you know how to do and you'll be able to make it through just fine. Just something I wanted to end on. You, you, you are the sages that are here to lead the people through this coming darkness. That was really- well Maybe not me in particular. I, uh, Maybe other people. I'm you especially, you and you especially. Yes, especially. No, I'm I'm good, but I'm like the shit. I'm se I'm sending you your I'm sending you your robes right now, man. You are safe. Okay, fine, mm. sure. Oh, and by the way, we have Nina Paley in the chat. So Nina says, if you read on paper, you don't need a remote control or a stand. Okay, okay. Based. Nina, Nina, I love you. Based I understand that that's Lindy, but keep this in mind. I don't like to slouch, and I don't like to hold the book in my hand. So you tell me. You tell me, what do we do here? Because I see this as a problem with reading in general. Because you have to go down, you have to lower your neck down in order to read the book. Uh, or you hold it with your hands and eventually the hands get... And I know you could say, well, this is training, you're making your hands stronger. Well, what if I want to read some coffee, then I'm holding it one-handed and it's fucking awkward and the paper's all over the place. So either where do you I have to lean down... at the library? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what you gotta do, dude. <laughs> Anyway, guys, this has been a great uh, a great stream. I really appreciate yeah. all the people who have come in here. Armand, Chicano, hey, Love, you, yes. you got a thirteen dollars super chat, Love. I oh shit, sorry, you are absolutely right. Let me see that right now. I can read that on. right now, Love. I'm gonna read that right read now. That now. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, Streamlabs dashboard. Here we go. Oh my god, you're right. Okay, here we go. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. There is more. I did not see this. This oh happened nine minutes ago. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Jacob oh. Stern, $5 via Patreon. We hey. fucking did it. Jacob, thank Hello, you so much, buddy. Wait, who's not... that attributed to, though, to the contest if you're doing that? Who, That's who a good that, point. That counts as yeah. you. That well, counts as you, because that means you would just win, wouldn't you, Lev? Well, you, know, you know what's interesting about this? Jacob could theoretically attribute any one of you, and that would give you the incentive to find more people. Think mm. about that. So, Jacob, demonic. whoever whoever you want to bestow this on. Wait, could he could, could contribute that to himself? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't think that counts. Sorry. Yeah, but, so. then, but surely that should count, right? Because then that's like you're still donating and encourage people to get the first... Yeah, you know, like, you putting your own right? money in the tip job. So, I think uh, that should be allowed. Mm, I don't know. I don't think that's that kosher. But uh, anyway, over here, uh, we have a uh, Super Iron Bob, $13. Thank you so much, buddy. 13 inches, you say. Ooh, -woo. 
which is what the furry people like to say, uwu, because it looks like a character with uh. closed eyes and the uh, the fangs. But yes, th this is a 13-inch tablet. It's it not really why it's uwu, because of the fangs. I thought yeah. it was just this like, silly noise. No, I know no. it was a face, no, but I didn't a, realize no, it was it's a, it's a face. It's a face. It's really because of the fangs. It's an emoticon. It's essentially... Ooh, it's an emo yeah. <laughs> Jesus. It's yes. an <laughs> there's, your, there's your emote left. There's your next emote for the Discord. Oh boy. This is it. We are ending this. Once again, everybody, don't forget to subscribe. Wait, also, is there anything anybody here wants to plug? Because I have the chat window open. I can put in any link you want, anything like your Twitters, or I can well, plug in Twitter. Twitter. You have okay. a PDF to my book left. Follow me on Twitter for Baki posting. And me talking Hold about on. fights when they're on. And... Remus, what you have to do, Remus, is that you have to up, you have to update. And this goes for everybody who is ever a guest on BTR. You know who you are. Oh, go it's it's into your phone, settings. Well, go into your settings and make sure you have your handle in there. Because I am sick and tired of changing everybody's fucking handle all the time. You know, changing their names, adding I, their I handle. I apologize very That's much. That's okay. That's okay. But the worst, the worst is when people go in here with their like personal shit, with their personal name, personal phone number, and it's like I don't catch that in time. So it's like, what the fuck? No, I try to catch that in time, and I think I usually do, but I have to close the screen sometimes in order for that to change. I think it happened today too. But anyway, I'm just saying that be careful out there. I don't want to dox anybody, and this is why it's very important. Just a PSA. I almost doxed myself to talk about Chris Chan once. Exactly. Oh. This is what I'm talking about. So 100%. be careful. It's going to be, the, it's gonna be my that downfall. That is the most you thing I've ever my heard in my full life. My full name hero. He didn't let me that's, in. That's, that's the most you Bless. thing he I've ever heard. He didn't let you in. I did awesome. not let you in. God. Yes. Mm. Yes. Anyway, uh... We have a comment. Nina is chat pilled. Yes, she is. Nina, thank you so much for being in the chat. And I, 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 I and I would love for you to come, uh, to come back here for. We're gonna do another free for all Friday next Friday. So it's gonna be two days in a row. We're gonna have Thursday. Owen Cyc. Actually, you know, uh, Nina, if you want to join us for Owen Cyclops, I think that would be pretty cool because uh, that would be a, That's very a really good idea. Yeah, it's a really good or bad. You said. Good, really good idea. Yes, definitely. They, they have different perspectives on the same thing. I think it would be interested. They'd probably really be interested in hearing what each other has to say. Yeah, really Nina, I will send you... Well, for, okay, first, Calth Defender, because this is something that I'm going to do from now on for all the streams. Uh, okay, Calth Defender. I mean, unless it's, like, really, really big here. Okay, here we go. So, twitter.com slash Defender. Follow uh, Remus on Twitter. Conscious Moss, I'm going to do the same for you. See, I just have to have these links at the ready. Oh, actually, I kind of do. Hold on one second. Uh, again, subscribe, everybody. Any any subscribe last words right before now. we go? Remus, any uh, last words before we go? Uh, yes, I have last words. Uh, earlier, somebody said, I, and, and I, 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 you know, I cut out, so I didn't hear, but I'm going to address this. Earlier, somebody said something which uh, I thought was a little bit ridiculous, which was, there is no white culture. And uh, what that means is <laughs> Oh, that was yeah. him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, what that means is America. America is McDonald's. And that's cool. But uh, there's a whole lot of people on this earth with uh, the skin color and uh, the Sunny culture. You see, the reason that America that. <laughs> has such a hard time is because it's a continent, not a country. And your states are more like countries and your culture varies. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like saying culture. there's no... It's just state to state, region to region. It, it, it's ridiculous to say even white. It doesn't even make sense. Well, it's, it's like, it's like saying there's, the no, there's, no African, the there's no African culture. It, exactly. You know? it's, 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 there's no black culture. That's just, it doesn't even make sense. It's like, which, which group of 
black people? Like, what, what are you, which one are you talking about? Because Jamaicans are different than you know. I shouldn't even have to say this, but people. You do know this. what I should say? You know what stupid. I should say? Jamaican me crazy. Jamaican yeah, exactly. me mad man. That's exactly how Jamaican I feel. Jamaican me mad right. man. What is white called Jamaican man? Stop it now, man. <laughs> Know, By the way, I, I I do remember that. Do you remember the lobster? Was it a lobster from Little Mermaid? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, Sebastian. Oh no, no. Sebastian. Sebastian. Incredibly. Was, would, would that be considered? Would that be considered racially insensitive today? The uh, no, man. They, whether it would be or not, they find a way to make it. Yeah, somebody would make it because it's some. Like, Here's my brother, man. Don't insult my brother, man. I can't think of Sebastian lines right now. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen this. Okay, here's oh, like all, all kinds of twitters for the people who are on here. I'm just posting Very them good. all at once. This oh, this is so easy. I just I'm just gonna post them all at once. Zero HP Lovecraft, friendly whale shark. Uh, Jack, well, this is why it took you long to get here, my friend, because you are an actual whale. For the people who don't know, we have an actual whale on the stream who has figured out a way to go online, you know, using that echolocation or whatever the fuck you have. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, Armand, follow Armand on Twitter. Armand is a great guy, MVP. He was here for a very long time talking with us about all this very stuff. Good. And this is what we want to do. We want to bring people, what the fuck? Oh, I think my battery faded. Shit. But it doesn't matter because we're at the end of the stream chicago marine well hotep sophia was not here this time but i look forward to having Sad. her back yeah well she she is gonna come here next time so this is the end everybody you I didn't love plug you. mine love oh sh well, oh shit <laughs> oh man i feel like a i feel like a real dunce no, i feel okay. like a real I'm, I'm gonna take this moment because i see geo in the chat go check out geo's fucking youtube channel i'm gonna Hell put it yeah. right here go subscribe to giant art productions Go go yes. check out his stuff. He has amazing videos. They they are fantastic. Here we go. And again, everybody, join us inside of the BTR Discord, which you will find a link to in the description of this video. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, here we go. Hero, my hero, there hero. Go. There we go. Yeah. Here, just, hero, we go. My hero academia. I'll just have a quick little message as well for myself. Yes. I I could post my. Let's see if I can quickly get my Gumroad. If I can't get my Gumroad in a quick amount of time, then I won't bother. But I think it's gumroad.com slash myself. I think that's the link. Oy. Now, that I will post stuff on here occasionally, but the main thing is, if you've, if you've got a task and you think maybe I could do it sometime, just fucking at me on Discord or whatever. I'm in the server. So I'll post it again. Uh, hopefully, I can just... Can I just paste it? No, can't paste it. This is doing it live here. Uh... Just, if you've got anything that you think I can do, I don't know exactly how I can help. I'm going to do some drawing bullshit or whatever. Send me a thing, because I want to try and get some work done. I don't know exactly what, but I'm fucking, I'm here giving a shout out. If no one says anything, then that's fine. But I just wanted to put that out there. Everyone's shilling their shit. So I'll show Please, fo follow, uh, fo follow Ewan, myself on Whatever Gumroad. I do. Yes. Oh, it's not even on Gumroad. It's just whatever I do. I'm like in and there. I'm going to try and get a website created. I'm like, I think that's the best. Watch him dance to dial-up so. noises. Exactly, or whatever I end up doing. My book, if you want my book without having to pay for it, just DM me, but you're going to have to beg. Well, not beg, but you know. You'd have to ask for it, because it costs a lot. So. Can I spar you and just beat you up? I'm going to give me a... Uh, oh wait, well, Peter maybe. Faust. Lev did not invite Nina. Yes, I did. I I sent her an email about the invitation, but she was not able to make it. But uh, next Friday we are gonna have Nina. Oh, and by the way, guys, follow follow Nina Paley 
uh, Wong Carway, can you please send in your Twitter as well in here? I mean, you could paste in links and it should work. Uh, I just don't have it right in front of me right now. Too many, uh, too many things all at once. Here, Nina Paley, please follow Nina on Twitter. She is an amazing person, amazing artist, uh, one of a kind. There, there are not, there's not more than one Nina in the world. Here, here she is, Nina Paley. Look at this one. cute little goat here. Look at this little little scapegoat. This is from her film Seder Masochism. And uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, you you guys know about Nina's animations. They are they are top notch. They are incredible. And uh, yes, I look forward to bringing everybody together. And uh, thank you, everybody, for he helping uh, helping subscribe. uniting people. Yes, subscribe. subscribe. Donate subscribe to the Patreon. Right now. Like, we like or not... dislike. Leave a comment. Do all that shit, man. Oh wait, wait. I see Conscious Moss Nala uh, gave five dollars earlier. She said to all the single ladies in the chat, "Lev is looking for an eighteen to thirty boy <laughs> boyfriend-free girl." Oh, I appreciate that, Nala. Yeah. Yes, because then what we'll do is when I'll find that girl, I will interact. I will. I will do that scene from The Lion King, you know, with Nala and Simba. But then Simba oh, grabs boy. the uh, the inflation thing. The he he grabs the love. No, and the stream. <laughs> Is over. Can you see? Can, can you hear <laughs> the, love the love tonight? Feel the love tonight. Horrible. Can you Come feel on. the pump tonight? Come on, Jimmy Ganungsen tonight. My favorite man mate in the stream because I'm doing this annoying voice until you end the stream. I'm this gonna keep how, going, man. This should You're be gonna the proper, end the stream, man. I'm gonna keep talking over to the you, Lion man. King. This should I'm be the proper ending to the Lion King. Just like a fat knowledge, just bouncing on scar. It's like no, stop. In the stream, Stop. man. In the stream, man. It's going too far now, man. I'm, I'm going to do the shitty accent we end the stream, man. End the stream, man. The... Come on, man. What, what, You're second, making me annoyed now, man. You're making me impatient, man. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. You're making me